Thomas, how have you been there? How did you enjoy your week off? Uh, yeah, it was good. Like, How's it feel having a week off where you can actually go outside? Uh, it's very strange, like, relying a lot on fucking video games and movies. <laughs> so, so, is your week off just your regular week then? Just uh, with less work? Yeah, just like a week without recording, I guess. Which is pretty sweet, to be honest. It's just, like, you know, like, nice to take a few days benefits. off your birthday, even if it is indoors. It's a fair point, yeah, it's a fair point. Um, like, I've just been stuck bored, man. It's like the only time I actually get to physically interact with people is either recording stuff, playing Xbox with my mates, or streaming with you. So if you didn't want to stream, it's like, oh man, that's two nights where I'm not talking to people. Yeah. Oh no, I'm on my own. My life seems so depressing and sad. Oh, God. No. Anyway, speaking of which, we'll do episode 33? 34? 34. Either of those of Carl's Corner, the podcast, and as per usual, I'm here with my friend Lucas. Say hello, Lucas. Bonjour. And what are you drinking this week, my friend? Uh, I have some cherry Pepsi and um, rum. Okay, well, I've got a beer, so... Ugh, that wasn't really the satisfying crack open <laughs> I was expecting, but whatever. And once again, we are recording during the midst of just the world being on fire. Yeah. Still still on fire, Lucas. Oddly enough, it takes longer this to like, fix racism. Who would have thought it, eh? Yeah, it's bizarre to me that, like... The... Probably very similar to the amount of people that thought the quarantine would literally be 14 days. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the quarantine will be over in two weeks. It takes a lot longer than that to end a literal global pandemic. <laughs> yeah. And then Same people thing with... were like, I thought all this protest would be like a weekend. It's like, no. It's like, the did way the problem it... get solved over a weekend? Well, fucking no, it didn't. Did you hear that? that uh, Minnesota, the um, ACLU has said that uh, Minneapolis, where it all kicked off with George Floyd being killed... Mm-hmm. They are um, having meetings and they've decided that they may very well just disband their police department. Holy shit. Which is something that people have kind of taken the wrong way about. If you get rid of the police department who enforces the laws, it's like they're not getting rid of the police, they're disbanding the police department and then replacing them with an alternative mm-hmm. where the services provided are more orientated towards people calling up. Yeah. Because you, you've probably seen the news where people who suffer from mental issues keep getting the police called on them for things like spot checks of, oh, my friend's got um, mental problems and they've not called me back and the police do a welfare check and they just shoot the person, which isn't really a good thing. And they kind of want to replace that with, well, why don't we get mental health experts and Mm -hmm. then have them answer those 911 calls. Yeah, sure. Rather than just sending a guy with a gun who's going to escalate the situation and shoot them. As we have seen lately... Yeah, very often they just go, fuck it, escalate. Yeah, and there's been a couple of things I've learned uh, during this ordeal of just stuff like you'd think it would be bigger news, like the one of, oh, police train for less than hairdressers do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a real thing you can look up. Like, um, the amount of training required to become a police officer is less time than it takes to become a hairstylist. And you actually spend longer training being a hairstylist before you're allowed to touch someone's head. Because it is deemed as, oh, we shouldn't let just an untrained person touch someone's head mm-hmm. because they've got a sharp pair of scissors and they might fuck up their haircut. Yeah. And you compare that to, in less time, you can go be a police officer and get a gun and be in charge of people's lives. Like, what? Oh. It's like, oh, man. So there's this really crazy stuff that just like, pops out. It's like, this should probably be bigger news. Like, you should just have this written down somewhere and just have it on a billboard of 
why are you protesting against the police? You've got a train for longer to cut people's hair than you do to get given a gun. I've and spent more time playing Animal Crossing in the last two months than police train for. It's insane. And it really puts in perspective that Simpsons joke where Marge wants to become a police officer and say it doesn't take... Becoming a police officer um, is not something that happens overnight. It takes a solid weekend of training. <laughs> and I did not realise how accurate that was until I'm like, holy shit. It's really not far off. And then when you see the justification for the hairdressing one, it's like, well, you don't want an untrained dickhead going with a pair of scissors near your head, do you? Because, yeah, that probably makes a lot of sense. Why do we let people with less training just get guns <laughs> and drive tanks? And then the other one was, uh, I was not aware of this, but um, tear gas. Tear gas is banned in warfare. Yeah, I saw um, that recently as well. International... Um, treaties have banned the use of tear gas against enemy insurgents mm-hmm. because it's deemed to be such a dangerous weapon and yet the police can use it on their own citizens. Yep. Which is another crazy one. And then there was a, a um, something brought up in a news report where it's one of those things that's written so casually but it, it really does say a lot about what's going on where it was um, uh, police officers in one of the protests had a tear gas canister thrown back at them and they put that through for the protesters as assault with a deadly weapon. Fucking hell. Yeah, so when you throw a tear gas canister back at the police, that's considered assault with a deadly weapon. But they're allowed to fire it into a group of people who are unarmed. And peacefully protesting a lot of yeah. the time. Yeah, and it's one of those things where when you read it and you go, wait a minute, so me throwing this back, you see that to be a threat against your life, but you can just fire it willingly. It's like, wait, what? So why are you allowed to do this again? Yeah, and it's the thing of... Um... They very loosely use the term of non-lethal, and yet people have been getting severe injuries on a couple of cases of death, like yes. a couple of cases of people actually dying from these supposed non-lethal methods. Well, there's a, a really harrowing interview where they talk to the lady who basically invented rubber bullets, mm-hmm. and she starts crying. Because she's like, I can't believe this thing I invented is being used in such an awful way. Because fun fact about rubber bullets, Joe, you know are you supposed to use them? No. Are you supposed to fire them at the ground? And then what they're supposed to do is bounce up and hit you in the legs. Oh, shit. And they're supposed to hit your legs with enough force to cause you instant incapacitating pain. And despite this being the number one thing you're taught with rubber bullets, like they're made of rubber so they bounce and you bounce them off the floor. And there's a certain distance at which they're deemed to be accept- like acceptable for use and the uh, their lethalness is an, is an acceptable level because they can kill you and they have um, and instead you've just got all these footage of like police officers shooting them directly at people's head and chest yeah just like actually unloading an assault rifle on a crowd like at head level yeah and it's when you it's like um, pepper spray and mace do you know how, he's, the, how he's supposed to use that as it's written in uh, like guides um, no it's supposed to be sprayed on the chest because it's a chemical irritant so you're supposed to spray it on their chest or exposed skin because, again, it causes incapacitating pain on the affected area. And law enforcement quickly realise it's much easier to spray it in your eyes. Oh, fucking yeah. hell. So it's actually supposed to be sprayed on just open skin and you're supposed to avoid the eyes so it can blind people. And then you've just got police officers just spraying it directly into people's eyeballs. And I think the most... Out of all the footage that's come out of the last week, the one that really, really got me and I thought... This is, it's infuriating to see, is a guy on the floor with his hands behind his back, mm-hmm. on the floor just looking up, and a police officer walks past and casually just sprays pepper spray directly into his face. Fucking hell. And it turns out after the fact that guy's a reporter who Jesus was trying to identify Christ. himself as press, 
and the police are just pepper spraying him and it's like oh my god it's unreal like and apparently um because most of my you know information being british has mm-hmm. come from like social media sources which is probably the cleanest source you're going to get on this because the way the news has been covering it is i'd say it's disingenuous at at best at worst it is actively um, propagandizing well that's what i was gonna say um that's where i was going with this is like um it's bizarre to me that i'm seeing people share these videos going the news are not reporting on this well you can see it can't you yeah we do not so like american news channels but the fact that all of this shit is getting covered up by the Amer- like certain American news channels at very least. It's just baffling to me. It's really crazy as well because what's happening in real time that you can see is police are making statements that are patently untrue. That mm-hmm. is immediately disproven by hundreds of different pieces of video footage showing the case. Like one of them is um, that the, the one that went viral a little bit was oh a store got broken into. It was a Rolex store. Mm-hmm. And the police in their report said, oh yeah, $2.4 million worth of watches were stolen. And that's what the um, press reported. And then in the same article where the headline is looters steal $2.5 million worth of watches, there's a statement from the owner of the store saying there's no merchandise in the store, nothing was stolen. But because the police said it, they ran it as a headline. Oh, for fuck's sake. And it's like, but you've got something contradicting the police directly in the report. Like, yeah. You've got on the, in the first paragraph, it's contradicted. Oh, my um, God. There's ones of like, oh, yeah, um, pushing down protests since like the protesters started it. Here's a literally from every conceivable angle of the police. Inst- it's like, he's so bad. Yeah. I didn't know. I'm so sorry, everybody. I didn't know. I don't know what's... I, it's, you feel helpless, and it's awful to see. It really is. And I, the only thing I can say that... I've like, maybe a positive note is that I really hope that some actual fucking change comes from all of this? It's impossible not to be because uh, there's even historical ones being dug up of here's just stuff that has happened and just never really went anywhere mm-hmm. because like the case was either quietly settled out of court or like, evidence was conveniently lost. Yeah, And um, one that I saw is there's a man um, being detained by the police. Like, he stood in front of his car and the police officer is like an inch away from his face and the guy very clearly knows if I lay one finger on this officer... He can get me done for assault. So he's got his, he's leaning all the way back onto the bonnet of his car, hands pressed flat against the bonnet so he's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And the police officer is right in his face screaming at him. And he's like, You're resisting arrest. And he's like, I'm not resisting anything. I'm not resisting anything. What do they what what do they even teach you in police school? And yeah. the guy gets right in his face, and you can see the officers around him looking, and they see like the brush against him, and he grabs like, oh my god, like they'll do anything to get you. Mm-hmm. And it's you see it and you go it's just a power trip and that this is footage that's just existed for ages and another one is like it was a guy handcuffed to uh, my handcuff with his back uh, to two police officers and the caption below says if you mess I'm going to fuck you up and I'm like oh man well, that's not a very nice thing to say to the police officers and then I realised no wait that's the captioning of the police officer who has a completely incapacitated person under his control. Yeah. And then five seconds later, the police officer just starts swinging at him. Jesus Christ. And the other police officer just gets on the radio and just calls for help. It's like, this happened months ago and nothing. And then you go read the comments, go, what happened here? Oh, the police officer got three months suspension. And he's now back. It's like, holy fuck. Yeah, you're seeing a lot of these. so bad. A lot of the stories, including, you know, the, the guy who murdered George Floyd of... 
oh, this person has a like unbelievable list of offences of just excess force. And he's being repeatedly complained about. Yeah. It's, it, it's ridiculous to see, and it's... When I think about it, it is a watershed moment in history. Yeah. Where if this doesn't elicit change, I, I don't know what could. Because um, yeah. I, you have got open protests in every single state in America and around country and, and in almost every other country on Earth. Uh, there's ones in the UK. Do you see what happened in the UK? Mm-hmm. Where I think it was in Bristol. And one of the things that um, protesters decided to do during the protest was go, you know, we should, you know what's really, really awful? And the fact that it's still standing when we are out here protesting for, like, you know, the rights of black people is the fact that right in the middle of our town is a statue commemorating a literal slave trader. Uh, let's yeah, just yeah. and let's just pull that down and throw it in the fucking harbour. While we're at it, yeah, just fuck yeah, the, this thing. And that happened, and the police have issued a statement saying we're very curious, and we're opening an investigation into the vandalism that took place. And every single person's like, no, the, the statue fell on its own. We all saw it. <laughs> and some joker, some hero, has moved the location of where that statue is. It's on Google Earth. And they've moved it to the middle of the harbour and just put on it closed. <laughs> and people are leaving reviews of like, oh, it's great. I love its new location so much better. <laughs> it's really befitting of the kind of man who traded slaves. Yeah. It's like, oh, and, like, and just little moments of levity like that when you think, yeah, the kids are all right. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's some se- there's a sense of humour and I, I appreciate it. Oh, like what happened to the statue? It fell, it fell over on its own. That is a beautiful thing of just everyone standing together going, yeah. Yeah. No one did fell it. Over, fell over on its own. And uh, speaking of like moments of levity um, amidst like the the absolute hell world we live in right now, have you seen that K-pop Twitter has helped save people from being prosecuted by the police? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, so some, uh, some background here. Obviously, when the protests kicked off, um, police were very quick to um, uh, try and elicit help from the public, the, the still sympathetic public at that point, Yes. Um, by asking them to submit any footage they had of the protests and the riots to identify people using facial identity software, which is a huge legal thorny issue that I don't really want to get into. But yeah, you probably shouldn't have the ability to do that. It's a huge, massive invasion of privacy. And It is, yeah. What happened was, Joe, when you go on Twitter and there's any viral tweet, you'll always get a K-pop account retweeting just footage of their favourite singer. Yeah, yeah. And the reason for that is because um, the more views those get, the more popular that singer becomes and it helps in their social media standings and it helps them become more popular. It's just uh, basically just a really, really just toxic element of that fan base Mm -hmm. where you can see it will happen in any kind of tweet that gets any sort of traction online including ones that are like oh yeah um, a call for help from someone who's gone missing or something like that or like GoFundMe's for people with medical issues that go viral you'll have K-pop Twitter's uh, followers coming in and posting those underneath because they don't care and it's a a long bit of thing on the internet I'm like man I fucking hate K-pop Twitter right up until some hero suggested that all those people who post those fan cams of their favourite K-pop star, why don't you go... Wouldn't it be awful if you flooded these open submission lines from um, the police with just that footage? 
<laughs> so they can't analyze any of the footage and just drown it in so much information that they can't identify anybody. Yeah. And about three or four of those separate tip lines got just taken down because the vast amounts of footage being uploaded of just Korean pop stars singing. <laughs> And then another thing people have been doing is uploading footage of um, you know, the white nationalists rallies that went on down like last year. Mm-hmm. People uploaded footage of them. Yeah. Of like, yeah, well, maybe if you're looking for people who are going to cause trouble, maybe you should go get these guys. You know, the guys who drove cars into innocent protests and things like that. Maybe you should go get those guys. Well, even, like, you know, what, a month ago, the protests that were occurring? Yeah, where you had white um, nationalists storming Congress with guns, mm-hmm. and the police stood there and let them do it, yep. and even let them inside, and then it's like... And then Donald it, Trump it, said that they were just angry people that need to be listened to. Yeah, and then you've got protesters, he wants them all to... He's thinking about nationalise, or putting out the National Guard to mm-hmm. violently suppress the protests. Did and you... Just, um, I think it was yesterday. Okay. Did you see the whole thing, like... Of oh my god, has this actually happened? And like Mitt Romney has come out and yeah, Mitt Romney's march. yeah, Mitt Romney's marching and um, the cynic, the cynical people, myself included, said, "Well, he's just doing it because it's it's p- politically a, a good move right now. It's mm-hmm. political maneuvering." But then it like it was pointed out to me that the fact that someone who's so far on the right and is so actively and so has campaigned so hard and so actively against this kind of um, legislation mm-hmm. yeah. is now realizing that it's a good political, it's good political, it's good press to be on this side. Shows that well, you're winning because when you get people who were formerly against it joining, because they don't want to be on the wrong side of history. Exactly, kind of yeah. shows that the movement's got a lot of traction. And I will say, like um, personally, I I do not know much about Mitt Romney. Um, I just and know I'm he's not a willing. Republican. And yeah, Republican yeah, I'm aware of historically. That. Not very nice to black people yeah. or anyone who's not straight and white. So I know that much and I'm not willing to say whether this is a move that he's doing just for, you know, the brownie points or whether he genuinely, like, has changed his mind on the cause. But the way I've seen it put is in cases like those, it doesn't actually matter whether they're doing it for, like, moral purposes or publicity because either way, it's strengthening the cause because it shows that, oh man, it's it's like um, rats fleeing a sinking ship mm-hmm. where no one wants to be the last one on. No one wants to be left holding the bomb. Yeah. Uh, and the more people that jump ship, like, the the, wor- the more indefensible the position like, of standing against it becomes. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing. Like, um, as cynical as it wants to be, but like, you know, uh, that's the kind of, like, that's the world we live in now. It's cynical, it's cynical as fuck, yes, but yeah, I guess. Thanks for the help. It's Yeah, I guess yeah. if it's helping regardless, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's that quote from Patrick Stewart, which is um asked him why he heavily so like uh, vehemently champions women's rights and things like that. And he goes, Oh, it's one, I grew up in an abusive household. My dad was quite abusive to my mother mm-hmm. and I saw how helpful she was and I saw that people wouldn't help her. And also I realised that um people tend to only like where people only tend to listen when a straight white man talks, or old straight white men talk. And I'm an old straight white man, so I thought I might as well lend my voice to someone who's who needs it. Mm-hmm. And then another, in the same vein, um, you had Ian McKellen, like known legend. He was at the protests in London. Did you see the sign he held? Uh, I don't think I did. 
Okay, he had a sign made, and you know the Picard one of him ha uh, face palming, just like oh for fuck's sake that meme. Do you mean Patrick Stewart or Ian McKellen? Ian McKellen was holding a sign of Picard, so Patrick Stewart doing oh, okay, the face yeah. palming, and that was just his <laughs> sign. It's like oh yeah, okay. that's got that's, that's the best bromance in. Um, oh, it is yeah. That one. Well, all those rumours that like, do you see it as well when uh, Ian McKellen got married and Patrick Stewart officiated. But a load of news sites got it wrong and thought that Patrick Stewart had married Ian McKellen, <laughs> even though like, Patrick Stewart's married already. Yeah, and he was just he was just the officiant for the wedding, and he was like really happy about. It. He's like, oh man, I'm so glad people think we're such a nice couple. Like they are such a cool like not couple, couple, but pair of human beings. Yeah, they're, they're apparently proper bros and they hang out together all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things like, I'm glad that they're friends in real life. So when you find out Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone are friends in real life, and they just hang out every now and again. Oh, man. And I just like to imagine just Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger just hanging out, being yeah. cool dudes. <laughs> it's, it's pretty neat. It's just nice to know that like, these, these two like really well-known people are actually friends in real life and not just in the movies that they make or whatever. Yeah, and I love Arnie so much. Like he's to this day just proven how much of a fucking hero he is. Oh my jeez! There's a again uh, something I got unearthed is a speech Schwarzenegger made um, after the um, aforementioned white nationalist rallies in mm. America, and he makes this fucking brutal speech where he's talking about um, like directly to Donald Trump, and he says basically, "What the fuck are you doing?" How can you sit by so idly and let this happen? And there's a couple of choice quotes that they got me right here. Like they they, they chilled me to hear him say them. Mm -hmm. uh, while he's giving this speech, he talks about I grew up in Austria following the war, and it shows you like black and white footage of fucking concentration camps. And he says, "I was I grew up surrounded by broken, evil men mm -hmm. who who were just like they had nothing left in their lives." who died, and it says something like that, they, they were awful, they lived their entire lives in shame and regret, and now they're burning in hell. And he just says it so casually. Of, yeah. yeah, these awful, like, so he's talking about like, former Nazis, mm -hmm. who just, they were shells of human beings who lived in shame and regret their entire, their entire lives before dying and being forgotten. And it's just, oh, it sounds so bad. Cause he's speaking just so passionately. It's like, yeah. God damn it. Like, how could a guy who's fake, who's one of his most famous quotes is, <laughs> be so eloquent and just have just such like, just commanding presence and expert use of the English language and just gives this really heartfelt speech. What a hero. And it's, yeah, and he's, like, he's talking directly to Donald Trump. He says, like, when he made that some very fine people comment, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is a Republican, but he's more of a traditional one, mm -hmm. and he fucking hates the fact he's now associated with people like Donald Trump. It's like, here's a speech he should have made, and it's something like, um, I can't believe the party of Lincoln would side with white nationalists, and the the country that helped end World War Two would willingly allow people to walk around wearing Nazi flags. And then he talks, and he d addresses the white nationalists and Nazis directly, and he says, I have a message for you. All of your heroes are losers. And they're all burning in hell. Mm -hmm. And it's just the way he's saying it directly to Cam, it's like, oh man, Arnold Schwarzenegger calling you a fucking loser. <laughs> it's got a sting. It's like, uh, oh God, I mean, brutal. Speaking of Donald Trump, did you see like, I, I presume it was not intentional, but maybe it was. But okay. The fucking blunder of we are against Antifa. Yeah, no, no, that's deliberate. 
No, like, it's deliberate, but, like, I don't know if he understands what he's saying. Nobody does, because it, Antifa sounds like a bad word. It sounds yeah. scary, like ISIS, mm-hmm. but it just literally stands for anti-fascist. And it's like, uh, oh, so you're against, like, fascism. You're, an- you're, you're anti-anti-fascism. Anti-fascist. And there's been a couple of um, like editorials about it of the branding effort of that group is so piss poor that it's resulted in... If they'd have just called it anti-fascist and never tried to shorten it, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have had half this trouble because now it sounds like a scary word like ISIS. Yeah, Whereas because... If, it's, if, it's, if you just say anti-fascist, you're not going to get anybody on the news saying, well, I'm against it. Because mm-hmm. like, no one wants that sound clip floating around of, I am against anti-fascism. It's like, wait, what? But because it's a word that sounds vaguely foreign and scary, you can use it to whip up the right kind of people. It's like, God damn it! Yeah, Branding. Donald Trump, as you say, similar to like ISIS... Is basically using them as like an extremist group. And it's Even like, no, they just don't like fascism. Not to mention, it's not an actual group. No, there's exactly, no mem- yeah. There's no membership to it at it's all. Like, and it's like, you know, you can see it as more of like a movement than a, yeah. an actual group of people. No, it's not an organized group. It's like a, it's an ideology that people ascribe to. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's been pointed out. It's so terrifying that he wants to try and declare it to be a, um, like a extremist group. Because when it's an extremist, when you've got declared something an extremist group, you can basically treat it under anti-terrorism laws, yeah. which are vague and nebulous by design, and allow you to indefinitely um, hold people and arrest them without cause and take away their shit. But when you've got a group that's poorly defined, it means you can basically use it to apply to anybody you don't agree with, which is the first stage of fucking fascism. Yeah, and it's like it's not even a group. No, so which it's means you can use it. It's a vague term that can apply to almost anybody. And it's like the fact that he's openly like admitting on the internet and on the news that yeah, yeah I'm against anti-fascism. Mm-hmm. It's like oh my god. I read the optics in the room, but yeah, it's uh, it's terrifying times we live in, and um, it's weird to think that by the time this goes up in two days' time, it'll probably be out of date. More than likely, yeah. More than likely. So we should probably just move swiftly on and cover like what you've been doing this week, my friend. Oh, uh, well, um, as we like alluded to at the start of the podcast, I've just been like off. Um, it's been good. Yeah, it's been nice. Uh, it was my... I don't mean like it's been good time. without you working with us. I mean, it's been like, I've heard that you've had a good time. Yes, yeah. From what I've seen. Um, yeah, it was my girlfriend's birthday last week and just like, you know, got her some presents, surprised her with like a few nice things and yeah, just then chilled out for the week and, you know... S- Play games online with a few friends and that, yeah. but there's not much you can do when you're in social stuck, isolation. Stuck inside as well. And it's also must be also really difficult as well to try and just have fun when any time you turn on the news or your phone, it's just like world is on fire. It's like, oh god damn it. It's it's tough right now, like it does. If you, you it's feel definitely guilty. taking a, a, a strain mentally. Yeah, I, I have been just struggling this last like couple of days just because I'm so I'm so isolated from everybody. Mm. And the only time I'm ever interacting with other people is either working or um, because of the nature of like my job of being online and being a public-facing figure, you're just dealing with overwhelming negativity. Yes, yeah. Just constantly, constantly. It really fucking gets you. Which can bring us like what I did this week, which is I have also decided to take a fucking break. Um, not from working, because I like mm-hmm. work, but just from general social media and stuff like that because um yeah it fucking gets you down man dealing with that stuff it does and as much as like 
I've been doing my best personally to like try and use social media to stay aware of what's happening still um, mm-hmm. and keep my eyes open a bit. It's very tough when like the world was already kind of, you know, shit as it was with um with the COVID stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, okay, well, as much as this all needs to happen and I agree with the cause, it's like even more difficult to just go through a day without feeling very, very negative at the moment. Yeah, not to mention as well, just on a personal level, Mm -hmm. I deal with stuff like that almost every single day. You do, yeah. It it got to a point where last week I was um, sat down, I'd just finished some work, I'm like, oh God, I better go onto the subreddit and moderate some stuff. Because I have to moderate it myself with Mm -hmm. the help of a couple of people. And I was moderating, um, it was basically someone highlighting, man, Carl's such a prick. And I'm reading through it and going, oh man, I don't feel like I'm that much of a prick. Oh, God damn it. And I'm sat there and I realised about after about five minutes of reading this thing, I went, the fuck am I doing? I'm sat here on my own time wondering, okay, what are the opti... Like, I guess I better leave this up but at the same time. I'm sat here and I'm just reading people call me... People who don't know me call me a fucking prick. And it's on a platform that I run that I now am lumbered into moderating. Yeah. And I'm getting nothing from it. And I just sat there and I went... This is probably really unhealthy for me because I'm snapping at people that I know in real life. Yeah, it is unhealthy, man. Like, yeah, like, it's one of those things where I snapped at, um, I think it was my dad. I was oh, on right, the phone okay. with him. Like, not snap, but I, I, he was like, he was, I was flippant towards him. I'm like, I don't normally do that to my dad. And yeah. I realised because I'm getting so wound up and I can't take, like, and I've got no outlet for it. I'm like, it's probably easy just like, to take a break, take a step back. Most definitely, man. And it's so like, I've, it's okay. very easy to see why a lot of creators, like, do burn out very quickly. Oh, well, they take a hands-off approach. Yeah, like, it, and I think it's much better for you to sit back and say, I'm going to take a bit of a break from this, than you commit to it, and then, as I say, just keep yourself susceptible to, like, burning out and getting frustrated with it. I think it's just a lot healthier for you in general to just be like, right, if this is getting to me, just take a fucking step back. Yeah, and I've, uh, so what I've done is I take, I'm not posting on social media anymore. Mm-hmm. I've still got like Twitter up and stuff like that, but I've um, just like turned off all my notifications and things of that nature. So yeah. I can only use it as a tool to check the news. Yeah, and sure. The yeah. people that I follow. I've um, taken a break from all like the YouTube side, the, the behind the scenes stuff. Because people don't know, um, you have to manually moderate virtually every aspect of YouTube and there's no way to automate any of it. Mm-hmm. And um, something I like to bring up a lot, because I think it just highlights how poor the moderation tools on YouTube are, is you have to manually approve or unapprove comments featuring words and terms that you flagged. And the only terms and words that I flagged are all the horrible racist ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So every couple of days, I have to go through um, the YouTube comments on the Fact Fiend channel and just, like, and just see all these horrible, racist, nasty things that have been said. And then just click a button that just says hide user from channel, which prevents that person from posting anymore. Yeah. I mean, but you have to do that individually for each person. There's no option to mass do that. And if you imagine if you're doing that every other day, every day for and several I think we've mentioned it before, and years like, at this point. Like um, times that have come up where, you know, obviously there was the, the time where you remove comments from the channel. And like, yeah, same same deal where I have to deal with it personally like, because yeah. the only other way to do it is to hand off moderation to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I've just found that every time you try and do that, unless it's someone that you know, and I don't really want to subject someone that I know <laughs> to that. 
you run the risk of that person being an asshole. Yeah. Which is what's happened when I try to hand off a Discord to another person and a subreddit to another person. Mm-hmm. So the only option available is do it myself. But doing it yourself is not really feasible long term. No, it's not. And it's, uh, yeah, so I've turned all that off. And yeah, so far it's been going great. Because it's good for me. But my favourite bit is, and it's like the last time we did this, within minutes, I think it was, um, people involved with the channel, tangentially or otherwise, were getting bombarded with questions about what's going on. So I need to ask Lucas, have you yet? Uh, personally, no. Okay, so maybe this time it's the, the reaction is going to be a bit less severe. Because I remember the last time I did that, it's like, well, I need a break. Um, yep. And I can't just leave the, the comment section unfettered because why would I do that? Mm-hmm. So I think one of the chief comments I got is, well, why did you have to turn them off if you're not moderating them? Like, the comment section seemed fine. It's like they never made the jump in their head of the reason it's fine <laughs> is because someone has to manually go in there and sift through it all. Yeah. And that person was me. And it does get, it's very mentally taxing. And it just it eats away at your soul, especially like the last couple of weeks with what's been going on. I can imagine it's gotten a lot worse. You can probably Especially imagine like, the kind of comments getting left in, in regards to stuff like the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, I was going to say, horrible... not only... Um, sorry, not only of, like, the the fact that all of these things are going on and you are... I guess it, it makes people come out and make statements for both good and bad. Yes, but like, which, which we've done. We have, we have yeah. And um, I think as well... Already, you had people like you know cooped up in the houses, and they have nowhere to put all of this frustrated energy. And yeah. obviously, apparently, fucking YouTube comment sections are the place that those people go. It's where it goes, yeah. And it's honestly where you can probably imagine. Hopefully, people can just picture the kind of stuff that is going on in the comment section, like especially as well. It's the only things that I ban are mentions of horrible racial slurs and just offensive words. Yeah. And just seeing a sharp influx of that, it's like you'll be confronted by this every day. Mm -hmm. It's just this horrible wall and it's unending that I have to deal with. And it's just, you don't need to do it. So it's like, it's nice every now and again, just just take a step back from the horrible, unrelating racism that is apparently just the YouTube comment section. Yeah. And I, I will say like, as a smaller YouTuber, I haven't really had to deal with that. I've had like maybe one or two comments I've had to just completely removed for for offensive words. Yeah. The one thing that I've noticed, though, is like just generally between YouTube and social media is I don't know if it's the same couple of people or like different with different accounts or just generally different people. Okay. I've just been getting a lot of the message of can I be your friend? Oh, no, that's a spam thing. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a spam thing going around where uh, they're trying to hijack people's YouTube accounts by prompting interaction. Mm hmm. Because what they do is they want you to interact with them so they can ask personal questions. Yeah. And then they can use that to answer the uh, security questions on your account. Because obviously the first thing that I've done is just ignore all of it. Yeah, it's just it's another kind of phishing. And, and I was just like, I don't know what this is, but it's very strange that all of a sudden, like in the last week or two, I just got every, quite a yeah. few of them. It's a, a spam thing. It's like... A, if you answer it and they can then go onto your account and try and log in with using mm-hmm. information that they learn from you it's just it's just more people just being huge huge dicks and again like the best approach to that is just to ignore it because it's just a people trying to hack into yeah your if anyone is like you know 
not savvy to this, if you don't know why you've got a message or what the message is or what a comment is or whatever, just either like immediately block it or just completely ignore it. It's the easiest way, yeah. And it'll never stop because it's um, it's just a robot somewhere that's making new accounts. Yeah. So the only like, the easiest way to do it is just like just leave it to its business. But um, yeah, like the uh, because I think the last thing I posted on YouTube mm-hmm. in regards to interacting with was just a statement about the process going on because I figured like at this point in time, silence says more than saying something. And at this point, being silent seems like you are implicit. Or like you, you implicitly endorse what's going on. So I thought, I know that everyone who works for the channel, I know that you, Brad, Nisha, Adam, Josh, all those, like, they all say, oh, yeah, Black Lives Matter. So I thought, let's make it very clear. Just I'm the voice, I'm the host, I'm the founder, I'm the owner of the channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in my capacity as that, Black Lives Matter. And if you have a problem with that, eat shit and die <laughs> mad about it in whichever order you choose. And um, that, and what I did with that is because you, I don't think you can act properly turn off comments on community posts. I set it to review all. So what it does, it just sticks all comments in a weird comment limbo. Ah, right, okay. Where well, you have you to approve ne- before any of them. Are you have to approve before any of them go up. Yes, and I did that because there's no way to properly turn them off. And at the day after I posted that, I went in to check them. And I have never, I've never been so saddened by the state of humanity. Like you would not believe just how awful some of the things that have been said in there is. But just about like, just in regards to just what's going on and just the horrible racial rhetoric being thrown around. It's like my god, this is awful. It's unending. It's just hundreds upon hundreds of it. And you right. think to yourself, like these are the kind of people who are sent into this kind of blind frothing rage by the phrase "Black Lives Matter." And all yeah. they're doing is proving why that's a statement that needs to be said more. Because if that's the reaction you have to it, I can't imagine what the reaction would be if you just saw a black person living their life. Fucking hell. Because clearly the thought of them being treated the same as you pisses you off. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But yeah, that was like the last thing I posted. And I think more than anything, it just steeled my resolve to that my break is necessary. So like, It sounds like a- it, yeah. There would be absolutely no way in hell I could sift through all that and not come out of the other end jaded and angry. And there's not very... I wouldn't be able to go make a video and be happy and smiley in it. Yeah. Just thinking, man, I have seen... I've got direct evidence that a not insignificant percentage of the people who actively interact with the channel um, are just horrible racists, and that's really upsetting. And obviously it is a vocal minority because if... <laughs> A couple of hundred people comment bad things. That is a couple of hundred people out of, what, 600 and something thousand subscribers? Yeah. But the opposite word in that sentence is vocal. Yeah, that's the issue with probably, all this, yeah. It should probably be written in all caps as well, because it's very vocal. Yes. And I should note, I did get some positive feedback in there as well, but it was almost overwhelmingly um, just awful racist stuff that I wouldn't care to share um, mm. with a friend or with an audience uh, who I'm hoping to listen to this, try and escape listen to that kind of shit yep. you get enough of that from YouTube as it is and it's just yeah man it's a, it's tiring you, you don't need it in your life and um, I think there's a story I can tell because I was reminded of something while just uh, nonchalantly surfing the internet that I think will give people a window into okay, the okay. kind of stuff I have to deal with because um, I do often share a lot of the stuff that I deal with yes, I'll, yes. I'll share like weird DMs that I get or little like, snippets me- 
of retweet offensive comments. And I always say like, this is like a, a small snippet of the stuff that I have to deal with every single day, day in, day out. So I can tell um, it's one or two stories I think just sums up like why every now and again you need a break. Yeah, sure. And the first one is that there are, there are two, actually I think there's three subreddits um, for the um, channel. There's the okay. official subreddit, which is run by me, which is coming on hiatus because I'm taking a break from moderating. There is an unofficial subreddit, which is run by a fan who initially, um, they set it up before I set up the official subreddit for the channel um, when I realised, yeah, this is probably a thing I should do. Right. And they, okay, asked yeah. me, and they asked me if I wanted to use that one. But the way Reddit works is it's um, hierarchical um, in regards to mods. So every mod, new mod that comes on, um, even if they have the same powers as the mod that was, uh, the mod that came on previously, mm. the mod above them can always unmod them or control what they can do. Ah, uh, right, okay. Uh, with the person who originally created the subreddit being like just above all, and no, you can never do anything to stop them, mm-hmm. and they have like the ultimate authority over everything. And I thought, well, I don't really know this random fan. They seem nice, but I should probably be in control of something that has my face and branding on it. Yeah, sure, because what happens if, like, you guys end up having a disagreement about a post? They could just delete your mod powers and undo everything you've done. Yeah, exactly, and you don't really want that. So I thought, it's my face, my brand, I'll start one. And they, I think they had the name Fact Fiend, so I just called mine official Fact Fiend. It's like, (laughs) fuck it. And um, then there's a third one, which is run by a person who who has spent a couple of years at this point just being very, very angry with me. And don't worry, this story is going somewhere. So okay, um, okay. the the genesis of that subreddit, the third, the hidden, the the, the forbidden subreddit, as it were, mm-hmm. is that when I very first started the official subreddit, um, a guy came in and in the FAQ section asked something along the lines of, Carl, when are you going to set up a Pornhub account? And that's a message they sent a couple of times via various posts, like one directly to me, like a couple of responses to other things that weren't related to that. And it's just generally a question I didn't really feel comfortable answering. And Lucas, like, honestly, though, just in your honest opinion, like, what would you do um, with someone who made that comment about you? Um, what would be our response? Like, be, like, you can obviously, you can differ. With, I'll tell you what I did afterwards, but yeah, I mean, like, do. again, if it was just a one off message, I'd probably just like ignore it and let it slide. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, as you say, if it's persistent, I would just like remove the posts and user. Yeah, which is what I did. Because I thought I did exactly what you did with the first one. I went, oh, it's a bit weird, but I removed it mm-hmm. and thought maybe they'll get the hint that this is not the kind of thing that I want people to ask. Even if it's a joke, it's really uncomfortable because yeah. you're a complete you're a complete stranger asking to see me fuck on the internet. I mean, I and would not, ask you, and I'm your fucking friend. Yeah, and that's not really a question. I just I don't want that kind of just conversation happening. Mm-hmm. because it makes me uncomfortable yeah. and the person didn't get the message and asked again and again and then they got banned and in response to this um, they went and made the, the forbidden subreddit which um, is just a collection of people bitching about getting blocked by me on various forms of social media ah right of course yeah and the reason I'm mentioning this is because while on reddit yesterday I was scrolling and I happened to see the logo for my company Big Wangers Incorporated mm-hmm and this is a strange thing to me because I wasn't logged into my Reddit account. I was just on Reddit normally, just scrolling as you do. Just like, oh, is oh, there right, any, okay. any dumb stuff on this? I went, oh, that's my logo. Wait a minute, where's this? It's on the subreddit Design Porn. 
and someone had taken it and posted it on there because it's just oh here's a here's cool design things. And yeah. If people yeah. don't know the logo for Big Wangers Incorporated is a penis. Yeah, basically. Uh, the B is a big B, um, which looks like a set of balls, and then it's got Ig Wangers Inc. And then it's got a circle at the end, mm-hmm. which looks like um, a vagina or a butthole, depending on um, <laughs> what mood you're in that day, being penetrated by my company's logo. And someone had posted it on there, and it evidently got enough upvotes to appear on the front page of Reddit, which mm-hmm. I found quite amusing. So I'm sat there, and I see the logo for my own company. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty fun. And, it, and, I, and I click on it, and there's a load of people saying, like, oh, what the hell's this? I don't get it. And I thought, well, yeah... Now I think about it, it probably is really confusing for people who don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. And even there's probably people listening right now going, wait, your logo's a peanuts? Yeah. So I logged back into my account and I made a comment explaining the reason. It's like, yeah, I make YouTube videos. Um, I had to make a company that exists on paper for tax reasons to mm-hmm. like, insulate myself from getting sued and that sort of thing. And just so there'd be a, way to, a place for all the money to go so it can be dealt with like, as a whole. And just for, basically just for tax reasons. So it only has to exist on paper. Yeah. And as a result, I ended up calling it Big Wangers Incorporated as a laugh. And Lucas, as someone who works for Big Wangers Incorporated, can confirm you get your invoices from Big Wangers Incorporated, yes? I certainly do, yeah. You do, and it appears on your bank statements. I've got a bank card for it. And mm-hmm. I've even got a business phone in the name of Big Wangers Incorporated. And that's where the logo came from. Because to get a business phone... Due to a quirk of the way some like some businesses conducted in the UK, you need a logo to use on letterheads and things of that nature. Oh right, okay. For official correspondence, because otherwise, you can just write on a piece. Like you need to be able, to, like, say, when I got my phone, mm-hmm. I needed to have something on the official company letterhead, just so they the phone shop could use it in their records. Right. And I thought, well, if I'm going to do that, I might as well get a logo. And if I'm going to get a logo <laughs> for a company called Big Wangers, it might as well be funny. Yeah. So I workshopped with Brad an idea to make it into a penis, and I gave him the basic draft of a big B for the balls, and he came up with this simple logo. I think I gave him 50 quid and a, um, a six pack of beer for it, mm-hmm. and promptly thought no more of it. And evidently, people found it quite amusing, and I was like, <laughs> I was actually kind of happy to see it. I was like, oh, what an amusing end to my day. So it was like half nine at night, just as I was getting ready for bed. So I'm getting ready for bed. I'm going to go to bed and read a book. So I like, scroll mm-hmm. through Reddit, see if there's any like, funny stuff going on. Maybe stuff we could talk about on this podcast. Yeah. In fact. And I saw that. I thought, that's quite interesting. Let's have a look what other people think of this logo. Because it's not very often you get to see a completely neutral opinion to something like that, is there? The only feedback I've ever gotten on it is if, from people who are fans of the channel. Yeah, yeah. And whereas this is most likely the majority of people not knowing who you are or what your channel is. Yeah, and there was a couple of, like, some people thought it was funny. Some people thought the typography was bad. It's like, oh, we should use a better font. I thought, actually, yeah, that's probably a point. The font is pretty bad. Maybe, <laughs> if, I'd thought, maybe if I'd thought about it longer than five minutes, we could have done something with it. Yeah. And then I saw a comment. And on Reddit, if you get so many downvotes, um, your comment can't be seen. So obviously I had to click that one. I had to know. It's human nature to be able to know, well, what's this person? And it was the same guy who set up that subreddit dedicated oh. to hating on me. And bearing in mind, this is a year and a half after that, and it's just him shitting all over me. Oh, my God. Just calling me an arsehole who doesn't like his fans, saying I'm a prick, and then arguing with people who responded to it. And the reason I mention this is because that is something I have had to deal with on and off for an entire year, where every single time something of mine goes viral on the internet, whether it's a tweet or a video, 
or something dumb that we do in a video and a gif or something. So that happens all the time. I'll get tagged in it or someone who likes the channel will show me on Twitter or send me a message. Mm -hmm. I will go in and he will be in the comments yelling at me. So I have to be constantly aware of the fact that there's just someone out there who, because I didn't, I banned him from my subreddit once, will every time he sees anything talking about me, go in there and just shit talk me. I I don't understand where the, the people have the energy and the dedication to such a fucking pitiful cause. But that's the thing as well, but that's something I have to have in my head all the time. And then another example, the other story I want to tell is... Um, a much more dire one, where this is, and I can bring it up because uh, I was thinking about it earlier, because I was, I was pretty sure I got sent a message from a fan. Okay, yeah. And I'm just going to get it up now. And the backstory to this is, it's similarly, it's a guy who decided that he doesn't like me, who spends, who periodically, every couple of weeks, will make a new account and just accuse me of something, whether it's being a rapist, um, hating women, being a racist, um, digging up old tweets out of context and just posting them in my own subreddit that I have to moderate. Oh my and God. Someone, um, some hero tracked down, this is a guy called Kyle on Twitter, sent me a message and um, it's just a screenshot of another thread that he saw where it's, um, the asked question was like, oh, is there anything you've been doing on the internet recently? And his comment is, and I quote, I've been calling a YouTuber a pedophile to see if he has a funny mental breakdown. To which someone responds, Keemstar, question mark? And he responds, no, fact fiend. You probably know them because they do trivia vids um, that the algorithm loves. Oh, God. And that guy, every couple of weeks, just makes a new account and will post on my own subreddit that I have to moderate something accusing me of some horrible crime with no evidence just because he wants to see me deny it and then have a screenshot. Because if I leave it up and don't do anything about it, he can just screenshot it and say, look, look at this thing that's been, Carl's been accused of on one of his other accounts. And if I remove it, because why the fuck would I let a space I control feature an accusation from someone who openly admits they're doing it to get a rise out of me and to try and give me a mental breakdown, he can then accuse me of censoring it, because why would he censor it or remove it if it wasn't true? Fucking hell. I mean, um, like, I just would fully straight up remove it anyway. Exactly, yeah. But now, that's just, I would say, that's something I have to have in the back of my head at all times on all forms of social media, that that guy, at any point, might just go onto social media and just start accusing me of this stuff. Yeah. And I then have to walk the tightrope off, well, what do I do in response? Because if I don't address it immediately, does that make me look more guilty than trying to deny it? And then it's that thing of, like, and that's what he wants me to do. Yeah, there's no way that you can... Like, there's no right answer, basically, because no matter what your response is, they it's can gonna always let... try and twist it in another way. Which is what he seems to enjoy doing with me. And then just, like, that's something I don't think, I don't think I've ever mentioned publicly, but that's something I have to have in the back of my head at all times when interacting on all social media. And just, Lucas, just, again, honestly, is that something that you would want to deal with? Honestly, no. Um, <laughs> and is it something that would make you hesitant to post on social media? Is it something that would make you very guarded on social media? It's something that, by proxy, is making me, like, guarded already. Yeah. And, it's and like, that's something I constantly have had to deal with for the past year and a half, in addition to all the other stuff that I have to deal with. And they're just, like, two examples of people that have just seemingly taken it upon themselves to just try and make my life worse. 
For yeah, me- and by no means do it like, because obviously if you aren't aware of anything I do outside the podcast, like I work on the Fight Fiend channel and, yeah. and I'll have my own YouTube channel and a stream. Like, it's not something that that makes me want to stop, but it is something that's like, oh God, like either when or if I have to deal with shit like that, it's like, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it at all. And it's the fact as well, you're not going to just deal with it for a day. It's something where if you piss off the wrong kind of person, where if they take, like in that case, that first guy, he was literally just, he asked a question that made me uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I just banned him. And because I banned him without giving him an explanation and when he asked me about it, I just said, please leave me alone. He took that as a personal slight to such an extent he has dedicated a year of his life to just constantly following me around online. Yeah. And maintaining a dedicated subreddit where all he does is collate people shit-talking me as some kind of, a, like, as a lesson to me, I suppose. And every now and again, he'll tag me to let me know that he's still doing it. Fucking hell. And again, that's just something like... I, it's just something I constantly have to be on, like, aware of at all times. And I think just saying that, it's like, yeah, this is the reason why every now and again I just like to take a break. Yeah, for sure. Because that's something I, I have to deal with in addition to everything else. And I want to point out, like, <laughs> we both... Like, as much as shit like this can happen, and obviously it hasn't really happened to me, as said, like, but that's because I am a... a smaller content creator so like yeah. you you kind of the moment you know you hit the trending page on youtube you kind of or not like um by accident without asking for it open you can yourself up that, to yeah. that um but yeah i will want to point out we are sitting here talking about these these like fucking frankly horror stories but we still enjoy what we do of course I do, yeah, which is why I'm taking a break from that aspect of my job and not the actual content creation side, because that's the bit I really like. Yeah. But it's one of those stories that, like, people don't believe me when I tell it. Like, they, they can't believe that someone will just do that for no reason. It's like, well, you must have said, like, no, it was legitimately just abandoned from the subreddit because he made me uncomfortable. And the other guy, he just got really mad at me for some reason, because maybe I said something in a video. I think, like, he just doesn't like the fact that I'm really, like, liberal. Mm-hmm. Because he's, you can tell from someone who does that kind of thing, they're probably like a alt right shithead. Yeah, and he just for some reason decided he doesn't like me. So his whole thing is just trying to give me a mental breakdown for fun. Fucking and hell. then there are other people who are in similar veins where they just seemingly have taken it upon themselves, um, just to harass me every opportunity they get, mm-hmm. uh, which I've been dealing with on and off uh, basically since I started writing. Like, there's a couple that I go all the way back to my days at writing at Cracked, where there's a guy who every couple of months will send me an angry message. Let me know that he's still pissed off and that he still remembers what I did. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, but that's like the kind of thing where it's every now and again it's like, maybe I should just I should just take a break. So I, I, I'm not being paid to deal with this. No, you're not. I wish I was. It'd be great. Well, you're getting paid to, to make the content. I am, yeah. So they'll, they'll let me make some content for a podcast. And then one of the reasons, like this is why I end up snapping at my dad or getting angry with him because when I was trying to tell him about it, he goes, well, son, it's to be expected in your line of work because he just doesn't know. It's like, no, it's fucking not dad. And I don't like swearing at my dad and I felt really bad about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, I'm not angry at my dad. I'm just angry that he doesn't understand what's going on, which he can't because he's, he's not a, he doesn't know anything about the internet. No, of course, yeah. And I thought, like, if I'm doing that to my dad, that's like, it's been taken out of office. I should take a break and chill. And I think and as well, beer. it's such like a sad sentence of just like, well, that's expected in your line of work. It's like, Why? Yeah. It's like you make fucking comedy videos online. No, Lucas, it's my fault. I shouldn't have blocked that guy from Twitter. Like I don't understand why it's such a 
a struggle for somebody to try and just make funny content on like YouTube or Twitch and not have to be expected to deal with that kind of stuff. My favourite thing about it is though, is because I'm not very social media, like I'm not very social media savvy. Mm -hmm. And so when people search for the subreddit sometimes, they'll find the bad subreddit, which is just full of awful things about me and like vaguely homophobic memes. Oh God. And I remember like one of my mates just sent me a picture of Carl why is this on your subreddit? And it's like a picture of me that just has underneath it, I like dick instead of I like facts. I went, oh no, that's from the bad subreddit. Yeah. And the fact that I said, yeah, that's from the bad one. <laughs> and it's like, he was so taken aback that I was just so calm about the fact there is a page of a couple hundred people who evidently do nothing but try and shit talk me. It's like, aren't you bothered by that? And he goes, why? Because if I try and interact with it, it's just going to be worse. And if I ignore it, it's just as bad. But at least if I ignore it, I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. It's just a thing that happens and that's like an amusing anecdote I now tell of, yeah, yeah. Just every couple of weeks, a guy will make a new account and come on and accuse me of being a rapist. <sighs> because that because he finds it fun and he likes seeing me um, get upset. As you would be if you were accused of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, isn't it? And then you Because just... uh, that's the one where I think it was Adam... It happened to Adam when he first... Because he was the one who you tried to join the subreddit and went to the wrong one. And he, ah, saw a pi- right. he saw a picture of Nisha. And he was really confused. Like, why is a picture of my girlfriend on... Because yeah, Adam dates Nisha. So why is a picture of my girlfriend on Kyle's subreddit? And it was a load of people theorising that Nisha slept with me to get the job. And Adam was oh. just like, wait, what the fuck? Like, what? And he just commented back, not realising it was the bad subreddit. Yeah. Of, Actually, no, it's not. And then he got a load of people... Like as, as harassing him, of accusing him of being me with a separate account. Oh, of, oh you of course you could. It's like, oh God, like, Adam, just don't. Yeah. And, but, and, he, and I try to explain to him multiple times, Adam, look, I know it pisses you off. I know it makes you mad to see this. The more you interact with them, the more they're going to do it. Like the only option is you've just got to deal with it. And you have to accept that that is now something that's going to happen because for some reason, this guy doesn't like me. And that incl- and because your girlfriend's now involved with it, she's going to be unfortunately targeted for this. And I feel so bad about that. And it feels so bad that I can do nothing to stop it. Yeah, it's really to, awful. I'm about to apologise to Nisha. I'm really sorry. People are going to be digging through your social media because you're in, you're in part of a channel now. Mm-hmm. And there's people who don't like me who will now try and attack you to get to me because they can't get to me because my social media is pretty much closed off. And I think the it's worst like, no! part is like, obviously I'm part of the channel as well, but I don't pay attention to a lot of like the subreddit stuff and that, but yeah. I imagine there's a lot less stuff on like me or Brad or Adam because we are males and that's horrible yeah. to say, but very unfortunately true. It is, yeah. And like I said, Adam's first interaction with the subreddit was going to the wrong one. Seeing a picture of his own girlfriend saying that she was sleeping with me to get the job. And even when he knows that's not true, that's probably not a nice thing to read about your girlfriend as someone no, accusing of her not. of just being like of sexual impropriety or sleeping to, with someone to get a job. When he knows me personally, and like another story that happened with him was um, when we did the live event. Yes, yeah. And there was a guy who um, I think it was on a Twitch stream one evening, just came in and just acted like a prick. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, look, mate, I, I don't really want to talk to you anymore, so I banned him. Yeah. And he got really pissed off and said that, oh, I bought a ticket to a live event, which we put on, um, I think, was it this year we did that? 
Mm. It might have been because 2020 has been good. Like 2020 is like the longest year in existence. I think it was this year we did that. And uh, Adam was the one arranging that event. So what I said to the guy is, look, um, I'm really sorry, but clearly you've, you're not a fan of me anymore. You don't like me. Mm-hmm. If you have genuinely spent money on a ticket to come to the event, um, message Adam. You'll get your money back and we'll give the ticket to somebody else. And that guy absolutely refused to give the money back or he refused to give the ticket back. And Adam spent about a month trying to get any sort of information from him. Like, look, mate, do you want to tell me your name? I'll take you off the thing and we'll refund the money. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I'm going to confront Carl about it on the day. I'm going to confront him about blocking me on Twitch and being a prick to his fans. And this back and forth went on for ages and ages. And eventually we had to change up the event itself by moving it to a different room and getting someone on the door to double check people's IDs. Because mm-hmm. like, look, if you're just going to come in and cause trouble and make a scene, all you're doing is upsetting it for everybody else who's coming to the event. Yeah, that's the thing is it's just going to cause issues and like a bad night for everybody. And like, as you know, I know from the event, uh, it all went pretty smoothly in the end, I will clarify, and it was a fun night. Yeah. But yeah, people were travelling from like all across the UK. And it's not going to do anyone any favours if you come in just to be a huge prick and make a scene, mm-hmm. and then get thrown out and then complain that I'm a dick when we've offered you your money back multiple times. And it turns out, after the fact, that guy didn't have a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> he was making up having a ticket, and he just wanted to, in his own words, make me look bad. Even though my immediate response to it was, well, I'll give you your money back. It's like, I'm sorry that you don't want to be there. Take your money back. We'll sort everything out for you. And another person can take that ticket. I even said, no, Carl, stop being an arsehole. It's like, what? Yeah, I even said, I'll pay the the 50p fee. So you're losing no money whatsoever. (laughs) And he, for some reason, thought it made me look bad for him to turn up and give me shit and then get thrown out. Yeah. an event he was asked not to come to. And anyway, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because Adam tried to talk to his guy for months. Because it was like a month leading up to the event and then a couple of weeks afterwards just trying to figure out who the fuck he is to figure out why you're doing this. Mm-hmm. And um, the, what made it really funny is every now and again, Adam would just send me a screenshot of the conversation he was having with him. And this guy who had a grand total of one minute of interaction with me on Twitch and then on Twitter before he was blocked for being a prick, mm-hmm. um, trying to convince Adam, a guy I've known for a couple of years, and literally helped bring him out of depression by helping him earn some money via the channel and then mm-hmm. giving his girlfriend a job and getting his girlfriend almost out of depression as well because she was working a dead-end job she hated, mm-hmm. convincing him that I'm an asshole and that he just doesn't really see me for who I am. <sighs> Unlike him, the guy who's known me for a minute. And Adam was like, I can't believe it. I, yeah. he, he really does believe in his head that he knows you better than me. Mm-hmm. A person who's known you for years and speaks to you every other day. Yeah, and I had like, a, not a similar thing, but I've had a couple of messages of, um, you know, like on Twitter or mm-hmm. on Twitch. I've just like, man... Um, Carl blocked me. He's such a fucking asshole. Why do you like him? And it's like he's not an asshole. You, <laughs> you were being. I love a asking you that. Yeah, just every now and then it happens when like you block someone. It's like every now and then I'll just get a little message like Carl's such an asshole. 
Why I've known Carl for like 10 years. I think I'll know whether he's an arsehole or not. <laughs> That's what makes it great. It's like, I don't think anything sums up as the kind of... Uh, I, I, I don't want to describe it as toxic. Because it's not. It's just... It's, it's strange. It's just a weird like sense of entitlement of just like, I know this person really well from the one minute conversation we had. Yeah. <laughs> because I've watched a load of his videos. Mm-hmm. And talking to... like This weird just confidence in themselves that they're right when talking to somebody who knows me for 10 years and insisting that they know me better than you. Yeah. person who talks to me every single week and has, <laughs> has known me for 10 years. And the same thing happened to Adam and he was baffled by it. And I continue to be baffled of just what is the mindset of someone like, yeah, I know. Secretly, he's a huge prick and none of his friends that I've known him for years I've seen it, but I have. The thing is, yeah. you're just really good at hiding it in person. Yeah, that's the thing. As soon yeah. as you're on Twitch chat, it's obvious, Carl. <laughs> yeah. That's the best bit about it. It's like, how? How like, <laughs> how do you, like, square those two things in your head? Yeah. Like, everyone who knows him personally and all the people who've met me in real life or all the people who came to the live event like, mm-hmm. have all said, yeah, he's a really nice, genuine stand-up dude. But then random people who are just abrasive and aggressive with me on Twitter and get told to fuck off like, well, I know the truth. <laughs> and stuff like that, it does bring you down. It's like, there's no correct answer for this. Like, ignoring it is almost as bad sometimes as interacting with it. And it's just, I thought that'd be an interesting just perspective into the kind of thing I have to deal with and why sometimes you just need to go, fuck this noise. Yeah, and I, I totally side with you on being able to do that. Well, you would um, do that, Lucas, because you're sleeping with me for your job. No, oh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? That's the best bit as well. Like when the last time it happened, and and everyone involved in the channel was like, "Yeah," when they got asked about, it, like, well, "Yeah, I know Carl. I know he needs a break right now." Mm-hmm. And they were giving him shit for it. It's like, well, I know him. I yeah. speak to him. You see us talk to him in videos. Who's gonna know him better than the people who <laughs> talk to him? And I think it's such a horrible perspective for anybody to have, regardless of what like profession you're in. If somebody goes right now. I need to do X for my mental health. And the response is, but why don't? Yeah, the response is, well, no, you don't, because I prefer you not to. It's like, what? I prefer you not. And it's very, very funny. And um, we can we can move away from that, but it's like, I just, I, and I needed to get some of that off my chest, because like, when I went onto Reddit and I saw that guy, and it's like, it's been a year and a half, and he's still doing this. Mm-hmm. And that's a story I've never told anyone. Or I've told about a few times in private, but I think... Just to get that out there, like just a view into like, this is the kind of shit I have to one deal with and two just have at the forefront of my mind in every interaction I make online and know that there are people out there screenshotting every single thing I do online and then finding trying to figure out ways to twist it to make me look bad. Yeah, and something on a bit of a light. I know, like yeah, obviously you made the joke that oh I've slept with you for my job. Yeah. One thing I, I want to just mention on the podcast is. When me and you play Smash Bros on Twitter, uh, on Twitch, I mean, um, a lot of the times we it's make... very sexually charged, yeah. yes. No, well, not, not even that. <laughs> I was going to say, we just make the pun of like, oh yeah, we're like smashing all night. Smashing all and night, yeah. And then I put my name as daddy on the yeah. thing. And then there's people who legitimately like comment on videos or send me messages or comment in the Twitch chat. Do you know how that sounds? Do you know that that sounds gay? And it's like... And... A, and, I don't really care. A, B, like, does it matter? really, 
that fucking naive that you think this is not a joke? Also, as well, why does it bother you? Yeah. Like, why is it a thing that you... It's like, oh, God damn, okay. So the way I always thought it was like, wow, two guys can be friends and be comfortable with one another. What, what, a, what a crazy thing. It's like one of my closest friends. Like, we spent a month in Europe together. Mm-hmm. Just travelling around. And I think I've seen him naked more times than I've seen some of my exes naked. <laughs> just by the nature of the fact you're in close proximity with one another. Yeah. And like the idea that some people go, oh man, that's kind of gay. Can't like, no, it's called being comfortable with who you are, your sexuality and your friends. Yeah, and I have a lot of female friends and it's a lot of the time like, oh, like, how many of these girls are you dating and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it's a similar thing with that. It's like, it's like, or I haven't dated any of them. They're called friends. It's like when Nisha came onto the channel and people assumed that, oh, well, Carl and her must be an item. Like, no, you can be friends with a woman. Yep, it's all well, we, We've even had, like, me and Brad even had to a mind degree. People thought me and him were gay. Mm-hmm, yeah. Just because we spent so much time together, in like their eyes, because the only time they ever saw us was either when we were streaming together or when we were in videos together. Yeah. But the natural assumption that like, they can't be friends, because why would friends be so comfortable with each other? <laughs> because they're friends. Yeah. And that's the thing, but... Um, like, speaking of friends, like something I've been doing over the last couple of weeks is, uh, and speaking of you know things that can be read as being like you know a little bit gay, mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time just um, barebacking with my mate on Red Dead Online. We've been horsing, <laughs> we've been horsing around together, yeah, riding around on horses, and that game like, is so fun up until you try and play it. Oh God! Because have you played Red Dead Online, Luke? I can. I want to drop some information about Red Dead Online if you haven't. That's going to make you go wait. That that can't be real. And it is. Uh, so no, the only bit of Red Dead to have played is like the opening chapter, so the first hour or so. Alright, so you've not played any of online? No, not at all. Okay, well online is great. You get to roam around that entire ginormous map that was mm-hmm. designed for the main game. Um just and get to just do your own thing. You can set up a camp, you can go hunting, you can go fishing. And um, the problem is it is so horrendously unbalanced and almost every and it, you are you feel almost oppressively poor up until you figure out the few guaranteed ways to just grind out money. Right, uh, I think it, that's similar to like GTA Online, where apparently yeah. if you're not just doing heists, like you're not making any money. You're not making money yet. For example, um, in the main game, if you kill somebody and mm-hmm. you go loot their corpse, you'll get about a dollar, two dollars. Okay. So after a gunfight, you'll probably get like twenty, thirty dollars. So yeah, yeah. a few things you can sell, a couple of healing items. Um, in Red Dead Online, you'll kill someone, loot them, you'll get six cents. Like online people, as in like no, people, as in like people playing online. No NPCs. Like so, when you're in a gunfight with NPCs, you go loot them, and you'll get like eight cents. Oh God, there's a spider next to me. Oh God, kill the spider. Get it, Lucas. You got it. Uh, no, I'm just like, it's like literally next to you. Give me one. Oh God, I'll go, I'll give you a sec. Right, okay, I'm back. The spider gone. Uh, yeah, spider break is over. Okay. Yeah. Did the good guy thing of sending it out of the window. Okay, I legit thought that the spider got you there. I'm like, well, I guess I'm talking to this spider for the next 20 minutes. <laughs> oh man, I, uh, I still contend the scariest moment in my entire life. Um, was when I was in my new... I moved into a new house. So mm-hmm. already I was feeling a bit nervous because it was the first time I'd lived alone. Oh, right, okay. It was yeah. an old creaky house and I'm trying to calm myself down. So, you know, just relax because I didn't feel comfortable in the house yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just watching something on my laptop and a spider 
ran across my keyboard. Oh, God. But I'm in a complete dark room, so the only illumination was my own laptop keyboard. So <laughs> what I saw is... This, and it was, bear in mind, I keep my laptop on my chest, on my stomach, because I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. So it's about four inches away from my face, this giant fucking spider. Kick yeah. the laptop off my bed, kick my way out of bed, turn the light on. I don't know where the spider is. <laughs> you try sleeping comfortably in a new house, you don't know, when you've just seen that shit. Oh, my God. It's terrifying. Anyway... You know about Red Dead? Some stuff's going to blow your fucking mind, mate. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so established. Like, it is, the economy is fucked. It is all, like, when you first start the game, it is almost laughable how little money you get for almost anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go and shoot an entire hideout full of enemies, loot them all, and end up with like a dollar twenty. Oh my God. And there is not a single thing in the game you can buy for less than about a hundred dollars. Jesus Christ. With the exception of a couple of things like a few items of clothing that deliberately look really bad. Yeah, yeah, of course they do. And and things of that nature. And um, you might think, well, maybe I can do missions to level up. The problem is that you need generally need good guns for missions. Like you start with a carbine, so a repeater and a pistol. The problem is if you keep shooting them, which you're guaranteed to do, um, they lose their effectiveness, which means you have to maintain them. Which costs a dollar fifty to do every single time. And then you need to buy ammo for them. And you can run out of ammo on missions, and the only other way to get ammo is like, so this whole thing. So you think, well, how about like how about if I go into the online ranked modes, like the, the gunfight modes, the um things like that, where it's like you just team up with a group of other people and just have a big shootout in the middle of a town. Mm-hmm. The problem with those game modes is is that the vast majority of them, you go into them and use your own weapons. Oh no. And I shit you not. Your own ammo. Oh no! And later in the game, after a couple of levels, ammo's not an issue because ammo costs like a dollar for a hundred bullets. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind as well that you, when you take, when I say you're taking in your own guns, that can include late game guns you can't get until you're like level sixty, which includes things like <laughs> sniper rifles with scopes on them, uh, semi-automatic pistols. Whereas when you start, you've got to use a traditional revolver which mm-hmm. you have to cock the hammer every single time, which completely um, canes your accuracy because your person has to cock, and then you have to wait for it all to zero back in. Oh Whereas some with semi-automatic pistols can just pull the trigger as many times as they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also can like, hold like up to 15 bullets, whereas your gun holds six. Uh, they can also use later types of ammo, which include high-velocity ammo, which shoots faster and further, um, and explosive rounds, which are a one-hit kill any part of the body. So you can go into a match and you can be fighting people who are using a gun that can fire from further away than you can even do damage and hit you with an explosive bullet that kills you instantly. What the fuck? And that can happen. And they can also use things like shotguns. And even if you go in with a shotgun, you'll probably have a double barrel shotgun. Mm -hmm. They might have a um, semi-automatic repeater shotgun with with flame rounds. Is this Call of Duty? No. This is Red Dead Online, and you've got to use your own weapons. And like what? You have lock-on in that game, like you do in Grand Theft Auto, and the yeah. lock-on, the, the better your gun, the further away your automatic lock-on will work, but you can still hit people outside of that range if you have good aim. Mm-hmm. The problem is people with bolt-action rifles, which are basically a one-hit kill from almost any range, can lock onto you from further away than almost anybody. So they can lock onto you automatically with the auto-aim, Flick the stick up a little bit and get a guaranteed headshot every single time. 
Jesus Christ. And you can't buy a bolt action rifle until you level up, which you can't do because you're going to get your ass kicked every time in those modes. Yeah. And Lucas just like, I can't believe they did it. Well, I mean... I, I, can't, I, I can't believe they got away with that, to be fair. I am not surprised because it's a rock star and they get away with oh, everything. Yeah. But um, the thing is, like, I remember the game coming out and a lot of people were just like, like, this is a well-crafted game, but it's not fun. It's not yeah. fun to play. And there's not a lot of stuff you can do in the world. Like, um, it was. It took him about six months. There's no such thing as passive mode in that game. You only have defensive mode, which, when you're roaming, stops people from automatically locking onto you, but they can still shoot you. Wait, what? Yeah, so what happens is when you're on defensive mode, you don't appear on people's maps until they're quite close, and the lock-on doesn't work, but they can still hit you. At which point, if they kill you, um, you can retaliate without getting a penalty. But, but the they have is, passive mode in GTA. Yeah, but the pro- like, and you might see the problem with this is that some of the high-level people who just want to grief might have a bolt-action rifle, which mm-hmm. can hit you from further away than you can lock onto them. So they can just headshot you, which has happened to me when I've been fishing. Just been fishing, yeah. just stood by a river. A guy will just headshot me with a bolt-action rifle as he goes past. And because he has an end game horse that goes five times faster than mine, can get away so fast I'll never be able to shoot him back. Oh my god! And uh, this I'm is ju- um, and I'm just dead. And there's nothing I can do. It's why I love passive mode in GTA Five because a lot of, especially Red Dead stuff like yeah, I just want to go hunting or just fishing. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. I um had a similar issue with Sea of Thieves. Oh, okay. And um like. Me and my girlfriend both have, like, an Xbox each and a TV each, so we can play games like, you know, Sea of Thieves or Destiny or yeah. whatever together. Um, we went, yeah, this Sea of Thieves looked good, and, like, this had a couple of cool updates and stuff. Let's try it out. And the first thing we did was we just, like, travelled outside of the safe zone and immediately got shot down by four high-level pirates. Yeah, that's what happens in Red Dead, where there's certain points of the map where you'll want to go. Like, um, I was in town trying to sell some of my hunting stuff, but there was mm-hmm. just a guy sat on the roof of a building, again, with a bolt-action rifle, just headshotting everybody who came into town. Yeah. And if you go up to the butcher's thing, you turn invisible for a few seconds, so mm-hmm. like, you're intangible while you sell stuff. But the moment you come out of that menu, they can just immediately shoot you in the head. Well, yeah, that's similar to Sea of Thieves. It's like the port is a safe zone where like people start off. Well, then people just hide outside the port and get but you as soon people as you literally, out. yeah, they just wait as close as possible to the port as possible. Like, yeah. <laughs> Poorly worded, but they just linger right outside the port area and take you down as soon as you leave. Yeah, and something that other people do as well, which is really annoying, is they'll shoot your horse. Oh, no. And if they shoot your horse, you have to get the um, beginner basic horse, which has no stamina and is really slow. So yeah. what you'll have is not only do you get shot randomly from across the map, is the person will then usually just go shoot your horse oh, for no man. reason other than fuck you, and then you lose your horse. I really and just don't like games that encourage griefing. Oh, well, the thing is, initially, it was a lot worse because they didn't have that defensive mode. Oh, and God. what they would do is they would put daily challenges in which give you gold and like the premium currency for headshotting other players mm. during free roam. So all it encouraged people to do is just headshot people as they went past for no reason. Oh, wow. The one thing I did like, though, is um, 
I did hear stories when Red Dead Online first came out. Mm-hmm. And it was a trend of basically people hunting down griefers and yeah. lassoing them through town. Yeah, and that's been quite fun. Because now me and my friend have been playing it a bit longer. We've been horsing mm-hmm. around long enough now where we're doing... We're doing a lot better. We're, we're more aware of the mechanics, and like oh, we okay. was walking, we was walking through town together, doing some missions. And yeah. there was a guy came in, and you can tell. I think what they're being called is GTA tourists. Ah. Like the game is now free on Game Pass. It's people who played Grand Theft Auto and just shoot people for fun. Yeah. Um, a guy like that came up and just went past my mate, and just lassoed him and dragged him behind his horse because the mm. lasso locks on, and we. Um, every time you enter a mission, it puts you out of defensive mode, so we'd not managed to put it back on. He dragged my mate through town, at which point I went, okay, don't worry, Ryan, I've got you. Headshot the guy off his horse, <laughs> and then me and my mates continue going about a day. That guy, and then when you shoot somebody, they appear as a red dot on your map. Mm-hmm. And both me and him saw on our mini-map this red dot just running towards our location. <laughs> and I went, let's just leave him be. And what me and him tried to do is we were having a, like, I was about to quit the game and log off for the night. And what mm. we always do for a log off is have a fist fight. Okay. We're, we're having a fist fight on the edge of um, a cliff. And that guy ran up and tackled me off the edge of a cliff. No. Like he, ran, like, don't, like he ran up and just pushed my character off the cliff. And so I, I turned around. Look, I was signing off after this. Like That guy, he had his one chance. I shot him to stop, to stop being a dick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay on as long as it takes to teach this fucking kid a lesson. <laughs> so I came back in. And just headshotted him with a throwing knife. Like I did dead eye on it. And if you dead yeah. eye with it, it curves around corners and everything. Oh, wow. So I just headshot him with a throwing knife from across the map. And it went, whoa, 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 chased him down, <laughs> left him. So I, and then me and my mate, we just went and we camped in town, just behind a rock. And then all we saw was just this red dot trying to run into town. And because he's clearly from Grand Theft Auto, where he's used to the lock-on, mm-hmm. he clearly doesn't know how to aim at people from beyond the lock-on range. Yeah. So all we're doing is just headshotting him the moment he comes over a ridge where he can't shoot us. <laughs> and we were there for about half an hour. Just every time like this guy comes up and he's trying, he's trying his best. And you could see him like sneaking around rocks and stuff like that and diving behind rocks. Oh, no. But because he doesn't know, like we can just still headshot you. Yeah. Because we know how to aim the gun. So the moment you poke your head out to try and get your shot off and realize you can't lock on, we're just going to kill you. And it was about half an hour of just like, man, this kid's just not learning. <laughs> he's trying. It's like he needs to learn to be a good cowboy. I was going to say, because then- like... All you're trying to teach you is to not go around just murdering everyone. Yeah, it's like, um, and the funniest thing about it was though, like, there were people who were walking past who clearly they play the game a lot longer mm-hmm. and they knew what was going on. And they were going past it and just spamming the nods head emote. <laughs> they were just walking past, nodding their head at us like as if say, "Yep, yeah, carry on," and just walking past. Because <laughs> we just like, yeah, we're gonna hold up in town, and this one guy's not getting in. Yeah, because fuck this one guy. Cause it's like. Um, after our mate, he was uh, he went to get a drink or something like that, and someone just came up and just headshot his horse. Oh, God. And, and by this point in the game, though, I've got a shotgun. Yeah. So what I did is I've got the biggest, fattest, most massive war horse possible that is just bulletproof and everything and just charged towards his location. He tries <laughs> to come around the corner and he's got a single pistol. It's like, mate, I've got this biggest, fattest horse and a pump-action shotgun. <laughs> I just blew him away with a pump back shot his entire head falls off and I just oh, put his body man. on the back of my horse as a warning <laughs> it's like you you are now you're my warning and you can see the red dot on your map yeah yeah and you can just see the red dot just start going in the opposite direction <laughs> oh god so yes just leave me alone all I want to do 
is get my pelts. Just Fair fishing. Enough. I just want to fish and get my pelts, man. Oh, man. He's, oh, kid's got to learn. To be fair, now you might have encouraged me to like jump on a Red Dead Online with you. At some oh, it's point. so fun. Now, maybe we can stream that soon. Oh, it's so fun because I'm just... I play the game so boring, but I find so much <laughs> joy in it. Like, I just go to a river and just fish. Yeah. As you probably found out in the is I really like fishing minigames. Oh, me too. I don't know yeah. why. There's just something about fishing minigames I really enjoy. So I'll spend a good half an hour just catching fish. Mm-hmm. And if someone interrupts my fishing, they're going to fucking be ready. Because I don't care how many of my bullets I use to get you. Because I don't <laughs> care. I don't like the fighting in it, so I don't use bullets ever. But I have so many of them because I've done loads of missions with my mate. Yeah. So um, I've got all these weapons, but I don't use them. Because all I want to do is I want to fish. I just want to fish. I mean, we're not playing the, one of them with it, but quite a few Zelda games have like uh, fishing mini games, and I love it. Oh, I fucking love fishing mini games, but that's all I want to do. It's fishing mini games. But it's like, uh, there's, there's a great gif that went around um, of a guy playing Red Dead. He's like, man, I'm so fucking sick of these GTA tourists, which is why I learned the word. Yeah. And it's a guy, and he's like, you can tell that he's just ridiculously high level because his guy's wearing like a full fucking pimp suit <laughs> and he's got solid gold guns on him and oh, he's just in a fun. bar and he's got his character's drinking a beer. Yeah. And it's, this is what makes it look so fucking cool because his character's drinking a beer to get some of his health back mm-hmm. and a guy walks up to him, stares at him for about three seconds as you can tell the guy's trying to figure out how to work his buttons, <laughs> pulls out two pistols and starts firing them at once. And within about a quarter of a second, the guy who's getting shot at crouches down, pulls out two sawn-off shotguns with fire rounds in them, blows the guy's head off, clean off in the middle of the bar, stands back up and starts drinking the beer again. And it's like, oh, so fucking good. Oh. Just the thing, I'm so sick of these GTA tools. This guy's firing wildly at him and he just pulls out a sawn-off shotgun and blows his head off. It's like, man, it's so good. <laughs> Oh, God. Fuck griefers, man. Oh, my favourite thing about it is, though, because uh, me and my friend, like I said, every time we're about to log off, we'll just turn off friendly fire and have a fist fight. Yeah. And uh, my horse in the game's called Terry. I'm thinking, okay. Carl, why have you called your horse Terry? It's because um, like, what I like doing is um, I've got the power slide on my horse and I'll power slide towards my mate when he's getting pelts and hit him with the back end of my horse and send him sprawling over the floor. You can power slide. You can power slide your horse, yeah. Oh, your horse, yeah. And I did it to him once and sent him off a cliff. And it's really fucking funny. <laughs> but um, what my mate did is, um, after I did that one too many times, understandably, he got mad and shot my horse. I'm oh, like, fair man. enough. You shot my horse. But at the end of the session, um, I went up behind him with a knife and just, like, knifed him in the head. And I went, Ryan, that's for dysentery. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just like, Ryan, you died of dysentery. Disappear and log, and log out. Don't let him have a response. <laughs> he just messaged me on Facebook. Like, I can't believe you waited like all night to make that one pun. <laughs> so it's fucking worth it. I, I waited so long to get that pun in. I was deliberately pissing him off with my horse just so he'd, he'd hit my horse so I'd have the, so I could save a line of Ryan. You died of dysentery. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh man. And I was just so happy. That's I, 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 pu- to the course, I pulled it off, but you were really mad. Like, you sent me a message on face, like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I can't believe you waited all that time just to make that fucking joke, you absolute knobhead. Oh, God, that just sounds like a thing you'd do. Yeah, it was, the thing is, it was like two hours in the making. So it was like every single time he went to get a pelt, I'd just like power slide up to him, knock him <laughs> over, and go, oh, sorry, mate, I didn't see you there. Oh, God. <laughs> 
Or I'd like do the thing of uh, I'd go up and slide, and I'd, like, after he got the pelt in his hand, you could knock him over and they drop it. I'd just pick it up and put it on the back of my horse. <laughs> so we both trained him into the same place. But he's like, "Yeah, I'm training. I'm the guy who's got all the pelt." Ryan, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, man. well, speaking of dumb gaming stuff, so I always bring up a couple of weeks ago, but I, like the world caught on fire, so I couldn't mention it. Okay. There was a bit of new tech discovered about Pokemon. If you heard about it. And I'm just curious, like, what your thoughts on it are. I'm not sure that I have heard of it. Okay, well, there's some new um, tech discovered. I think it's Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Where okay. someone, like, deep dove into the files and found out that um, encounter rates um, can either increase or decrease on certain dates. Uh, for example, um, you are 10% more likely to encounter Pokemon on Christmas Day. Okay. And the thinking is that when kids get Pokemon for Christmas, they mm-hmm. catch, they get more Pokemon on that day. Yeah. And there's a couple other days, like start of spring, um, stuff like that, of where just the encounter rate is just 10% higher for that particular day in all patches of grass. All right, um, okay. But where it gets interesting is because there's also alternates where there's lower encounter rates on certain dates, including, I shit you not, 9-11. Really? So if you play Diamond and Pearl and set your internal clock to be on like to be nine eleven, um, you will get slightly less Pokemon encounters on that day. Why? Uh, it's just a little Easter egg they include. It's also uh, on the anniversary of the um, bombs that were dropped on um, Hiroshima. Just there's a lower encounter rate that day, and it's hidden away in the game's files, and it was discovered about a week and a week or so ago. The reason it's something I want to talk about is because that might actually become speedrunning tech because it's a global reduction of encounters by 10%. Ah. So it, we might soon live in a future, Lucas, where all version, all Pokemon um, Diamond and Sapphire runs are done on a DS that's set to 9-11. Jesus Christ. And Lucas, just discuss. I... Discuss this 9-11 speedrun tech. I <laughs> I just don't understand the like need for the dates to be on days of like national tragedies. Well, that's probably why. Yeah, actual tragedies. Like, yeah. I the reason I get that is, it's not just nine so, eleven, but yeah, it seems really weird to me that well, when are we going to pick dates for this? It's like, oh well, I guess days where people died. It's like, and it's never mentioned in game, I should point out. This is something people found by just deep diving into the files. This is something like, hidden in the code, yeah. Yeah, that was just an Easter egg by the developers. But um, the reason I found it so strange is because the headline I saw, and I'm like, well, that's, wait, what's going on here? And all the discussion surrounding it is not people saying, oh, this is a, a neat, albeit weird thing to include. It's loads of people theorizing about how it's going to help speedruns. Hmm. And it's like, oh my God, that's going to be like so far. I, I can't wait for the AGDQ. Where the guy has to explain why he set his DS to 9-11. Because it helps him speedrun Pokemon slightly faster. <laughs> so, oh my god. That's good. That might happen. It might be a thing. It might actually be a thing. Or like even not 9-11, another day of another disaster. Yeah. Because there's a couple in there. Oh it's like the, um, the Nagasaki and Hiroshima um, anniversary drop. Like those. Like, imagine, yeah. Imagine having to be that person. Either the speedrunner or the people they have like with them. 
I've going. Oh, the reason that he's doing this right now is because like it's better. There's a lowering than speed count run. rate. Yeah, there's a lowering count rate on this day, so we have to speed run on nine eleven. Oh, that yeah. doesn't make me feel good inside, Carl. It doesn't, does it? But he's no. I saw it in the news and went, "Wow, man, that's going to make some awkward fucking um, speed runs." Uh, it is, if, if it but is also like Nintendo. Adopted. Why Game Freak? Why? Well, I should point out one of the days where you get an increased counter rate is um, the original creator's birthday. Oh, okay. Which is like, so it's very obviously intended as a celebration. Like and again, it's like the start of spring and Christmas. Yeah. So the obvious intention behind it there is on Christmas Day, if you get a copy of Pokemon, you'll catch more Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But it's just so weird that they also have the inverse, and the dates they chose are just like so fucking harrowing. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's probably not a thing you should, like, I do game like these Pokemon of all things. This really... And this is not where I thought this was going to go, because I thought you were going to say, oh, this is tech for, like, setting your DS to Christmas Day, and maybe there's, like, rare Pokemon that are hard to find in, like, one patch of grass or whatever, and it uh, makes no. it easier to do. No. No? Well, I'm sure there's some small amount of encounters where that will help you. Yeah, there's probably applications for it, but it's just... I just saw that, and just the fact that it was framed as this will be great for speedrunners. Yeah, it's like man, imagine being so just like one, like I guess just focused on a goal that this information doesn't even phase you, and you only see it in terms of the raw numbers that it could help. It's about having a bit of perspective, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, it's just sorry, I'm like, man, that's that's such a, a a weird topic, and I was just like, yeah, Lucas, thoughts. It's just grim. Speed, speed running on 9-11. It's grim that, as you say, like, the internet's almost, reaction like, was... reactionary reflex is just like, How oh, do we yeah, take speed running. How yeah. do we take advantage of this new tech? Oh, dear. Oh, dear, Carl. There was also, like, a bunch of weird responses I saw to it, like, oh, man, but how does this raise awareness? I'm not trying to raise awareness. It's just presumably a... It's an Easter egg put in by a developer. A thing that people were probably never meant to know. By the... Uh, which is evident from the fact that it took literally years for it to be something people were even aware of. Yeah. And there's think, loads uh, of stuff like that, isn't there, where just years after the fact, like people find stuff hidden away in games. Oh, yeah, it's crazy, those things. Like, um, like is it Donkey Kong one? One of the Donkey Kong games? Where years uh, after the fact, people just found, oh, there's a patch of grass you can just go hit and you find more bananas that no one knew were there. Oh, right, I, I'm not aware of that one. There's like random stuff like that in video games. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Arkham Asylum, I think it was. Where it teased Arkham City. Yeah, and no one found it when the game was in, when the game was out, and the developers came out and told people, yeah, there's a teaser for Arkham City in it, but no one found it. Uh, yeah, because, right, I will explain this a little bit for anyone okay. who doesn't know. Like, uh, so I do know uh, quite a bit about this one. Um, Go for it. With Arkham City, um, it was kind of like a game where... You had a few different locations on the island and you were expected to like go back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure where you get the explosive gel in relation to the Easter egg. But basically, there is um, a wall which has no markings on it. It is a normal wall. Ah, it it has no markings on a map to suggest there's anything behind the wall. It's just a regular wall and you have to put all three of your um, like explosive gel gadget uses onto okay. this one wall and blow them all up together. So it's not something you'd ever do in normal gameplay? It's not something anyone would rightly do unless they were going around for some reason 
triple bombing every single wall to see if there was something behind it. Which yeah, it's the not game never like... indicates is something that would happen. Yeah, that's probably a little too well hidden, just because it's, it's against the game's own logic. Yeah, um, exactly, because the walls that are bombable always have like cracks in them and what. Um, and you always don't you always only do it once. Uh, yeah, one explosive gel is always enough to blow up like every wall. Um, so it's really weird that it, a it's three pieces of explosive gel. So it's not going to be something you do by accident, like a misplacement. It's yeah. something that's got to be very, very specifically done. And then a couple of years later, the developers basically were just like, "Oh yeah, well there's an Easter egg no one's ever found." And then I think it took like a little while of people like pushing them going well where is it what is it and then they basically just had to come out and tell people how to do it and um it was after arkham city was announced <laughs> and it's been in the game since launch of arkham asylum oh, that's got, that's so and it was that. teasing the sequel and no one ever found it until the developers after the sequel was announced had to come out and just be like oh yeah, yeah this was there. a thing you could have found be... it that's got to be so fucking disappointing for the people who hit it. It's like, yeah, someone's about to find this. And that's a game a lot of people played. A lot of people, yeah. Yeah, and no one found it because no one gave a shit. It's like, damn. Well, it's not even the people didn't give a shit. It's just like, you gave us zero hints at any point that this was ever been a thing. Yeah, oh God. Like, that is probably, like, that's too far. That is that's too not, far. That's something you can't even do back since the, usually when it comes to Easter eggs, like, they're found by accident. Mm-hmm. And if someone does something unexpected and goes, I, I happened upon this. Yeah, like as I said, like if someone accidentally like pressed the wrong button and put some explosive gel on that wall. And then maybe it crack it. But yeah, that's uh, I remember that story about they got really mad that no one found it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, of course no one found it if it's that well hidden. Mm-hmm. You can't hide something that well and be pissed off that no one finds it, man. But Carl, Batman's meant to be the greatest detective. <laughs> Yeah, man. Oh, man. The only good thing about those games, I'll say like, the best thing about those games, is Skeleton Vision. Oh, I love it. I, I never turned off Detective Vision because it made the game so much more interesting to think that like, Batman's been attacked by skeletons. Uh, that is why in Arkham City and Arkham Knight, and I believe Origins as well, they have um, people that will either jam your Detective Vision or find you if you're using it. Because basically oh. people went through Arkham Asylum and never turned it off. Yeah, because it's so useful because you can see through walls. Yeah. And it also made it really fun because it makes it like Batman's fighting skeletons. <laughs> yeah. Which is really fun. It's like skeleton vision. And they were it, just it, like, it oh man, so we powerful. made all this cool artwork and everyone ignored it. Because it, we made an ability that's so fucking powerful that turns the world into black and white. Mm-hmm. And, but, but also has the side effects of making people skeletons. <laughs> Although I still think my absolute favourite part of that mission, or that the very Arkham Asylum, is when you have to go, like, people are attacking the Batmobile and your mission is to protect the Batmobile. And you haul ass all the way back to the Batmobile, a vehicle that is immune, like, can survive being hit by rocket launchers, and the people mm. attacking it are hitting it with pipes. Yeah. And it's like, really? Really? I've got to stop people hitting the Batmobile with pipes. Oh, God. A completely bulletproof vehicle. <laughs> it's like, really? Fucking hell, Batmobile. Like, surely, of all things, the Batmobile's got like, anti-people hitting it with sticks technology in it. I would fucking assume so, yeah. Oh, God. And as well, those games, while well, trying their absolute hardest to um, hide the fact that Batman is so obviously killing people. Well, Ark- as we were talking about earlier, um, you know, we were saying that rubber bullets yeah. uh, are meant to be shot at the ground to like hit people in the legs, and Batman uses 
a entire fucking minigun of rubber bullets at people. And just fires them at crowds willy-nilly. Or the other one is in Arkham Knight, when you hit people with a Batmobile, and they show that little tase thing. The it's actually, no, the Batmobile didn't hit them, it just tased them, they bounced off. But you're, actually, you're still hitting them while going at 80 miles an hour in a tank. And they also fly like 50, 50 feet across the street and hit yeah. buildings. But it's, it's like, like no, if no, no, the no. taser is that powerful, it probably fucking killed them on impact. Don't worry, Batman didn't really hurt those people. It's like in Spider-Man, where the game tries so hard to stop you from throwing people off the edge of buildings. Yeah, um, because as soon as you knock someone off the edge, a web comes out of nowhere and like saves them. Yeah, so I'm not sure if you did what I did, but did you try your damnness to see... Like, trying to throw people at specific angles so they didn't hit buildings to see if you could get them to hit the floor. Yeah, yeah. And every single time, without fail, they'll get caught on a special web that some mysteriously saves them. (laughs) (laughs) Which is that thing of, like, oh, man, you know that somewhere in development they realise people are going to try so hard to circumvent the system we put in place to stop you throwing people off of buildings. Mm Mm-hmm. So we better put a good system in that place to explain why, why Spider-Man's not actually killing people when he kicks them off the edge. Because I'll tell you, like, when I got that force explosion thing, do you know the one where you just fight from the wrist? It goes, boom! Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I knocked so many groups of enemies off of buildings in one go with that thing. Um, I did the one where it was when you get late game and you get momentum that's just insane, mm-hmm. um, fire myself really high up into the air. Swing to the net like the group on the top of the building oh, and do, and a do the ground pound right in the oh, middle okay. of them. And you just ground pound from like a hundred feet into the air, slam down and knock every single person off the fucking building at once. It's like no Spider Man didn't really kill him though, that's the best bit. Is that Spider Man got them all and saved them all as well? Yeah. He, like, he, he was just so fast he stuck them all with webbing, they all stuck to the side <laughs> of the building. But I tried so hard to try and circumvent. I love it when games and they try and stop you. It's like, no, you're not gonna stop me. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out a way to do it. I love trying to do it where games won't let you knock people off the edge. It's like I'm gonna fucking get them off. Yeah, you'll figure out a way to do it. I don't yeah. care if I have to glitch my way through this wall. This person getting kicked off the edge. Yeah. It's like um, in Dead Space uh, Two, hmm. the way you defeat the final unkillable boss is by glitching out of world. <laughs> and um, it's where you find the Ubermorph, which is a completely indestructible alien that f- stalks you throughout the final area. Because it just and keeps regenerating whenever you cut its limbs off. Yeah, whenever you hurt it, it regenerates, no matter the amount of damage that it's done to it. And one of the ways that people th- initially thought was intended to defeat it is there is a fan at a certain point in the game mm-hmm. um, where if you hit it with a specific weapon that knocks it back, it will hit the fan and disappear and a lot of fans of the game myself included thought that was the intended way to kill the monster we thought it's well so you kill it you knock it into this fan yeah in previous yeah. games the way you destroy the unkillable monsters is to is to destroy them completely like either lure them to an area where they get hit by um, like a jet taking off or crush them with a big piece of machinery i and think turns... in the first one you encounter one and like freeze it and blow it up yeah so a lot of people thought right myself included, that's the intended way to kill it it turns out that you're actually not killing it when you do that. You're knocking it out of world. <laughs> and because you've knocked it out of world and it only has one spawn point in the world, it just stops existing. So technically, <laughs> you're not killing it. You're just knocking it out of world and it's falling through ever for the geometry. 
It just can't figure out how to get back. But it's just really funny that like the developers didn't intend you to be able to kill this thing. Yeah. And the very first day the game came out, people were doing that by accident, not realizing <laughs> it wasn't intended, and thinking they'd done it. And I always wonder why the developers like never just put a patch in to just have like an explosion of blood and guts as you do it to make it like you killed it. I thought you were going to say, like, patch it out, and I was like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that, because that's the intended... It's not the intended, it's the way people think you do it. It becomes kind of, like, part of the game, then. Yeah, and there's another place, as well, where you can lock it in a corridor. Yeah, Um, You're not not supposed to be able to do that, but if you're quick enough when it very first spawns, if you haul ass immediately to the next area Mm. and shut the door behind you, it can't follow you quick enough to get in. (laughs) <laughs> and there's a bit later in the game where you can look through the window and just see it and it's trapped and it can't do anything <laughs> and because again it only has one spawn point it never like does the thing that a monster like that would do in another game where it teleports forward so it just stays there and can't do anything it's like oh what a flaccid ending for this really threatening creature where it's just stuck like the two ways you can stop it from following you have to trap it in a hallway where it's just trapped forever or push it into a fan that is better than it tracking you to the end boss and like mm-hmm. losing you with no resources. Oh, it's just so funny. I just pushing it into a fan. Yeah, that's awesome. Boop. And it just falls out <laughs> of world forever. It's like, man, what a loser. What a fucking loser-ass creature. Oh, God, Carl, don't call it a loser. It's going to like spawn in your house and kill you. It can't. It's only got one spawn point. I'll kick, <laughs> I'll, kick, I'll kick it out the window and it'll be able to get me. I just thought that was really funny that um, they asked the developers about it once. It's like, no, we, we never intended that. It's a glitch, and it just it looks like it makes sense. But I love the fact that they didn't take it out. Which similar, uh, similar happened with Skyrim, mm-hmm. where the day Skyrim came out, there was about a dozen to a hundred videos on YouTube and Twitter and all that lot of um, people getting hit by giants. Oh, God, yeah. And flying a thousand feet into the air, <laughs> which everyone, which was universally agreed to be fucking hilarious. And it mm-hmm. was a glitch, because what happens is it's the... Um, the giants hit you so hard, they push you under the geometry, which causes just you, your model to just like um, spaz out and then fly yeah. into the atmosphere. And um, you can see something similar in uh, Red Dead, where sometimes horse carriages will spawn an inch under the world, which causes them to just like pop out of place and fly into the upper <laughs> atmosphere. And uh, Bethesda. It was a glitch and they patched it out with a day one patch and people got so mad because they thought it was intended to showcase how strong giants are that they put it back in. (laughs) And giants can still do... And there was another glitch that they did patch out where it was, if you killed a giant, you would drop its club and you couldn't pick it up, but you could direct your follower to pick it up. Uh, And your follower would then have a giant's club which had the same effect. So it would (laughs) turn every encounter into just absolute hilarity because every encounter you had would be you running away and your follower coming up hitting them with a giant's club and just sending them into the stratosphere (laughs) including against stuff like dragons so like oh a dragon comes in I still Um, love the fact that like the dragons will fight other things because I remember once um, I just found like a legendary dragon Yeah, and I took a couple of pot shots at it and then out of nowhere, like from the forest, a bear just started attacking it and took <laughs> it out. I was oh, like, yes, just come the out of there. Just nature's conspiring against the dragons. <laughs> the one that I like is that glitch where dragons sometimes fly backwards. 
Oh god, yeah. Because you'll just see a dra- you'll like you'll hear a roar, and you'll look at the distance, and a dragon's flying backwards. Like, oh man, nature so beautiful. <laughs> just nature's so beautiful, and um, I just want to end on just like something I learned this week that I need to share with people because it's so fucking funny. Okay. Um, Lucas, are you familiar with the film I Am Legend? Uh, yes, I've watched it. Yeah. Yeah, you've watched the film, the Will Smith one. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with the novel it's based on, also called I Am Legend? Uh, I'm aware there's a novel, but I don't know much yep. else about so it. So there is a novel, and it's been adapted to films a couple of times, and mm-hmm. short, and I think a couple of short TV shows. Oh, sorry, um, uh, like short films on TV. Um, I was like uh, Omega Man, which I think was Charlton Heston one, which is um, known as being a mod direct um, sequel. Um, oh, right, the, okay. There's Omega Man, which is the Simpsons parody, and then there's obviously I Am Legend, which famously fucks up the entire point of the story. Mm-hmm. Because the point of the story, for people who don't know, is that I am legend. It is a man who survived an apocalypse and he's on his own, and he is destroying what he believes to be a um, just like endless horde of mindless monsters. And it turns out that the monsters are not only intelligent but are fearful of him, and um, they think that he is actually the monster because in their eyes they are a new society, they are a new race of humans, a new race of beings that have taken over the earth. Hmm. And he is just this crazy creature that stalks them and murders them en masse. And oh. the end of the book is the guy realising, whoa, I am the monster. I am the legend. I am their legend. You know, the title of the book. Mm-hmm. And the Will Smith film um, infamously had that ending of the vampires or the monsters in that uh, revealing themselves to be intelligent. Will Smith realising it and then killing himself or like um, handing over the one of their kind that he kidnapped as he comes to a realisation that I am the monster of their legends. Yeah. Which is the ending of the book and test audiences hated it and they changed it with an ending where um, Will Smith just runs at a wall with a grenade and blows himself up. Yeah. And the monsters never get their moment of intelligence which completely ruins the film. It ruins the message. It yeah. ruins the title because the title is literally the spot. Like, there's a spoiler in the title whatever but I um, the reason I want to bring it up is because I had the book on my shelf for years mm. and I was looking for something to read at night and I looked and I'm like, oh, I've had this for a while. It's a pretty short story and it's really famous. Okay. Let's read through this one. And um, it's really funny to me because I knew for years that in the original novel, the things that are attacking the world are vampires. Right, yeah. Uh, but I always assumed that there would be a take on vampires. So they would be called vampires but they would be different or it'd be something like you know the walking dead where yeah, yeah. Um, in the walking dead they're attacked by zombies but zombie fiction doesn't exist in the um, walking dead universe mm-hmm. so they don't know what zombies are and they're just like um, walkers or whatever yeah and that's for people who don't know that's why in the walking dead they call zombies walkers because according to i think robert kirkman who created the series um zombie fiction as we know in our universe of like dawn of the dead doesn't exist in their universe which is why no one really knows anything about them um, and as in, well, like, why okay. different groups call them different things. Yeah, because there's no unified name for them. They're a new being that is yeah. created and they are reacting to in real time. There's no um, fictional reference for what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, it would be, I assumed it was something similar with I Am Legend, but it's not. Because the creatures that are attacking the main character in the book are literal vampires. As in, scared of garlic can be killed by wooden stakes. Really? Don't like looking in mirrors. Like literal blood-sucking vampires. Oh. 
which is which I immediately found strange because the the book opens with him like harvesting garlic, and he's talking about the fact that vampires took over the world and the fact he has to make wooden stakes, which are the only thing that kill them, and he's um, he also reads Van Helsing and Dr- Dracula to learn how to better combat the vampires. And the reason I'm bringing this up, Luke, is because what um, is the primary weakness of vampires in most traditional fiction featuring them? It's not a trick question. It's just like, what is their primary weakness normally? Um, well, you know, if my lifetime of watching Buffy has taught me anything, a stake to the heart. A stake to the heart, yeah. But what are they fearful of more than anything else? Like, what will they avoid? Oh, sunlight. Sunlight, yes. And... Um, that is a plot point in the book, but the reason it's so stupid is because despite the fact that the creatures attacking the main character are literal vampires, they're scared of garlic, they can mm-hmm. kill by wooden stakes, he reads Dracula and Van Helsing to teach himself more about the vampires. And he comments on the fact the vampires only ever attack him at night, and when he goes out during the day to hunt them, to kill them, to make sure there's no more going to like lessen the rank to thin the ranks of the horde that try and attack him at night. Yeah. He notices that they always hide inside and during the day they are mostly asleep and can't move. And he doesn't realise till five months after the initial outbreak that sunlight hurts them. <laughs> and that makes the main character seem like such a fucking moron. After literally reading up on vampires as well. Yeah. And he and the best bit is though, it's because it's a slight it's an older novel. Um, it does a couple of really cringy, tropey things to try and show that the main character is smart and intelligent, such as listening to classical music. Of course, yeah. Yes, yeah, so he listens to classical music, so that's how you show that he's smart. And he also constantly chain smokes and drinks during the day. Yeah. Because that's what a protagonist is. That's a cool male protagonist. Of but course, yeah. It, it makes him seem like such a fucking moron. When the book is trying to show you how cool and badass he is, when it takes him five months to realise vampires are scared of sunlight. Oh, God. The reason I want to talk about it is because there's a detail in the book that I cannot believe, and I genuinely thought I misread the first time I saw it, mm-hmm. and it's that the vampires hide outside his house at night and taunt him by calling his name. <laughs> Which I thought, like... That is so dumb, because the twist is supposed to be that they're intelligent. Yeah. But from the very first chapter, they are calling his name and talking to him. And the other little detail I I, gen- I could not believe was in the book is that the main character is constantly, constantly just dealing with the fact he hasn't had sex in five months. And oh, there, there is an entire paragraph dedicated to the fact he's super fucking horny. And it <laughs> reveals that. One of the things the vampires do to try and get him to come outside is get the female vampires to stand naked outside his door. No. Yes. And just say, come outside, come and get us while they're naked. Oh my God. And that happens. And it happens multiple times. Where he t- he's like, you're in the mind of the main character and you can hear the vampires outside taunting him and he's thinking about them being naked and saying, come and get us, Robert. Come fight us. And like the next day when he has to go outside and clear away the dead vampires, he's like looking at dead female vampires and thinking about fucking them. Oh no. He was like, this is the main character. Why isn't this in the Will Smith one? Oh dear God. And he's losing my like, I get it, the novel's really influential and really famous, but man, did they rightfully cut out some of the stuff from this for yeah. the adaptations of the man getting horny for vampires. 
Can you imagine that being in like one 12A film? Oh man, just being horny for vampires. Oh god. Well, I, I I couldn't believe like the twist is supposed to be that they're intelligent and that you realise that I'm the legend. When it is it, you hit over the head of it from the opening paragraph that these <laughs> things are intelligent because one they know where he lives and two they call him by his name. I'm like kinda shocked that he's meant to come off across like come across as smart at all. Yeah, he is. Like what? How did he, he not realise? Yeah. When he's getting horny for vampires. He's horny for the vampires, Lucas. He is. He yeah, so great. is. Oh dear God. But it's just really funny though that I was reading it and I, it's one of those things where I had to reread the sentence a couple of times. So like, <laughs> surely I, I am just being an idiot. Yeah. This book really, it didn't just tell me that. The vampires stand outside and try and lure him outside by getting naked and being like, trying because he's horny. And it's like, no, that is actually how the vampires try and trick him. Oh my God. And it it's works. Like, it, it, it almost does. Because it, um, it talks about the fact that when the vampires still first started attacking him, what he'd do is he'd watch through his peephole at night to make mm. sure they weren't getting inside. Because obviously he's paranoid doing a break in. But what he'd found is the vampires figured out he was doing that and just started putting naked, sexy vampires in front of his door. <laughs> it's just, I'm like, I'm so happy. Because I'm thinking like, I want now and add another adaptation where they put that bit back in. Because that would be fucking brilliant. Oh, God. It's so good. It's so good. But I just thought like, you needed to learn that. Because I'm guessing like... Uh, a lot of people would be aware of the original story and the basic plot, mm-hmm. um, either based on if they've seen Omega Man or um, uh, the uh, the film. But yep. I, I, that extra detail, it slayed me. It, it put me on my ass the first time around. I, I can't believe this is in the book. I can't believe that. I can't believe that they're dedicating an entire chapter to the guy being horny for vampires. <laughs> so like, whoever wrote, I don't know who wrote the Twilight books. Oh, I can't remember her name now. Whoever wrote those, like, she was way, way behind. Yeah. Uh, the guy who wrote Iron Legend was already well aware that people were mad horny for vampires. He was loving it. I mean, you know, maybe that's where she got her influence from. Maybe. But it's just one of those things where, like, the story very clearly wants you to empathise to a degree with the character. Mm-hmm. And it wants you to slowly turn on him as you realise the awful things he does with the twist at the end being, like, all well, the vampires are scared of him. Mm-hmm. But from the, almost the first chapter i hated the main character because he's talking about tra- he's talking about he's talking about the fact he's tempted to have sex with the dead bodies of vampires yeah that is fucking horrific and it's like i don't really empathize with his character anymore he's awful that is a character that i'm not even sure will smith can like likable <laughs> he tried he did his best no i just oh. mean that you know if they left in the eye would have sex yeah. with vampire bodies but it's um like one of the best things though about i am legend of film is there's this bit in it that is Probably one of the most genuinely upsetting and unsettling things I've ever seen. Mm. And I'm now going to go try and find it because um, how much of the film do you remember? Uh, I'd say I, I remember like the vague plot points and like uh, some of the more memorable scenes. Yeah. Uh, so do you remember the scene where um, Will Smith is walking around town? Yeah, and he's like, uh, talking to all of the mannequins in the video shop and stuff. Yeah, and he sees the one called Fred. Yeah, yeah. And he absolutely loses his shit at Fred. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what are you doing over there, Fred? And he runs over, and then there's a trap on the floor, and it's the same trap he uses on the monsters Yeah, that he falls into. And that's supposed to be one of the hints that the creatures are intelligent. 
Ah, which is then thrown away at the end of the film for that stupid ending that people voted on. But there is a a little detail, and I'm going to... Don't click this link just yet, I'm going to send it to you now, that was pointed out on Reddit. And it is that when he sees that mannequin, it turns its head. So click the link and have a look at it now. Okay. And bear in mind, when you see this in the film, it is... It's microscopic in the frame, and the oh, main shit, frame, yeah. it turns its head towards him and looks directly at Will Smith when he asks it what it's doing. And yeah, it literally does. And that's the reason that his character loses his shit so hard because he's seeing an inanimate object turn its head and look at him. Yeah. And that single visual is one of the most unsettling things from a movie I can think of. And it is something I didn't even notice the first time I watched it. But now it's been pointed out to me, that freaks me the fuck out every time I think about it. Oh, God, yeah. Of a mannequin slowly turning its head towards you when you talk to it. That's some and horror movie that shit. that is, like, clearly one of them dressing up like Fred. Yeah. Fuck God, no, it's yeah. not. They're not dressing up like Fred. It's like they're turning his head for something. It's just, it really freaks me the fuck out that you see it turns its head. And that's why he loses his shit so much. Mm-hmm. And that's just like a little detail that I never noticed in the original film. No, I never noticed that. And it fucking freaks me out. And every time I think about it, I get like, I get shivers. Just thinking about what would I do if that happened to me in real life. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone can be in agreement that one of the scariest, like, things is mannequins. Like, mannequins are freaky as fuck. They really are. And, um, like, I've been, you know, casually watching some Doctor Who. Oh, so one of the episodes is the... like where the mannequins come to life and it'd be fucking terrifying. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about this. Is it the Screaming Angels, what they're called? Oh, the Weeping Angels, yeah. That, weeping... That's way worse. Aren't they supposed to like one of the scariest fucking things ever? So I've never seen that episode. I just know I just know from pop culture osmosis that those things are terrifying. Those things are terrifying, but I think the worst part of the uh, thing is they they find like four Weeping Angels that are all the same statue mm-hmm. um, and they're all like you know a, a female angel with like the hands over the face look like they're crying mm-hmm. um, and the plot point is whenever you're not looking at them they can move whenever you are looking at them they are unable to move um, but at the end when they defeat like these four weeping angels they basically then pan to loads of shots through London of all the statues implying like oh maybe every fucking statue in the world is actually one of these things but because and, everyone's always looking at a statue just by the nature of how many people are around mm-hmm. oh man you can't do that to kids no it's that's so a kids show you can't that's gonna terrify kids yeah it terrified I didn't know me he did when that. I was a teenager because the one I remember about that is um, the behind the scenes story is they didn't have any budget so their yeah. solution was just make a monster of the week that can't move. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I generally in horror, like show, uh, um, don't like, don't show the monster. Mm-hmm. It's things that, whatever you imagine in your mind, will for the most part be scarier than anything you can really show on TV because people will naturally base what they assume on their own fears. So it's yeah, scarier yeah. to them and then you can, it's more wide ranging in its applications of scaring the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. But it was the idea of oh, it was a budget concern. They didn't have any money, so they couldn't like, make a costume, so they just made four statues. Uh, I mean, once again, you know, people trying to, 
get around limitations ends up with a really cool idea. Yeah. And it was and... similar to... Um... Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Well, you had something similar with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where one of the scariest, most unsettling, and best-reviewed episodes of that show ever, I think it's Hush, mm. where it's where the evil, creepy-looking men take everyone's voice. Ah, right, okay. And it's the creepy guys walking around town, and it's all, the episode's almost completely silent, was um, Joss Whedon um, saw a review saying that uh, without his witty dialogue... Um, he wouldn't really like Buffy wouldn't really be anything without witty dialogue so he wrote an entire episode with no dialogue <laughs> as a as a purposeful fuck you and wrote the best episode of the show that's one that won him like an Emmy oh god that's awesome yeah and then the, the other most famous example is the shark in Jaws which was supposed to be a full 20 foot long animatronic which broke and the, <laughs> the, my favourite fact about that is they co- it cost them like half a million dollars they spent six months working on it the first time they took it to an ocean, it sank. Because nobody um, nobody had bothered to try and put it in a pool. Because the only thing they'd ever done before oh. is put it, in a, they put it in a pool. Yeah. The shark was so big that when it was in the pool, it just sank. It just sat on the bottom. Yeah. No one realised that that meant it wouldn't float. So they took it to the ocean, <laughs> put it in the ocean, and it just sank. Oh, and God, like, just Steven Spielberg was sat there, and like, the fuck do we do? The shark's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and they couldn't find the shark. So his solution was just film around the fact they didn't have a shark. Yeah. And imply its presence rather than show it. Because the animatronic looked so shit, he tried to like film around it. Which ended up making it so much scarier. Because like, the fact that the shark is almost never on screen makes you constantly on edge. It might be there. And that's the, the thing is, like, come in. when the shark is there at the end, like that's one part of the film that doesn't look great anymore. Because it's just a big rubber shark. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's that idea. They took it to the ocean. It just fucking sank. Oh my and god! And it's it's so funny because you can just imagine <laughs> poor Steven Spielberg just looking at it. It's like, oh come on! Love for fuck's sake! <laughs> it cost so much money and it just sank straight oh. away. Fucking brutal, man! Just this shark just sinking like a rock. Let's go get it back. And it kept breaking. I was gonna say, I presume they did get it back in the end. And they got it back and it kept breaking, and it's something similar happened with the um, the animatronic T Rex from Jurassic Park. Yeah, which uh, uh, on set kept scaring the shit out of people <laughs> because um, it was made of foam rubber, and during the scene when they were filming at night in the rain, it kept soaking up all the water, which oh, no. would cause the hydraulics to get all messed up, and they were programmed to um, periodically shake to get all the water off. The problem is that he did this automatically when people weren't around. So every now and again, without warning, this 30-ton animatronic T-Rex would just vibrate very loudly and roar. (laughs) And people would just shit themselves on set because they'd be walking past it and it'd just go, out of nowhere. It's oh my God, no. And I I would pay to be like a fly on the wall when that happened. Yeah. Of just, let's wait and see what happens. Oh, God. Just to watch this giant animatronic um, uh, T-Rex just shaking just violently for no reason. Freak someone the fuck out. Oh, so good. And then you compare that to Shark and George sang. <laughs> Do you remember my friend told me that? Went, That's fucking bullshit. That's not true. Went, no, no, you I think watched... the one thing they test is if it floats? Yeah, you think they would. Went, no, they didn't. They just built it and then put it in a pool. And they didn't realise that because it was on the bottom of the pool and it'd be fine. <laughs> they took it to the ocean it just sank. They couldn't get it back and it's like, oh man, spent so much money on that. 
just there. It's gone. It's just that fucking that poor intern on that day. Oh god! Got to yeah. explain that. What happened to my shark? It sank. What do you mean it sank? <laughs> sank. Where is it? I don't know. I think we get it back. Oh god! I want to see that conversation happen. Like, <laughs> did you test it in the water? No. Yeah. No. No, yeah, we didn't think it, we needed to. It went all right. Oh man! It's like the other one is um, the other story about Jaws. It says like less is more. Mm-hmm. What I really like is the um, the theme, the famous Durden. Yeah. Durden. Um, John Williams composed that. You know, like big dick legend John Williams. Oh god, yeah. And um, when he first showed that to people, they thought it was a joke and laughed at it. Really? Yeah. Like they asked him to hear the rest. Like they said, "Oh, so what's the theme you got for the shark?" And he he played that. And they thought it was a joke. But and it worked until, so until, well. Yeah, until they set it to the um, song. It's like Spielberg, knowing his work, believed in him. Yeah. But initially, everyone was really hesitant and everyone thought he was taking the piss. Thought, it's two notes, why is that scary? Until they set it to the theme and edited it in. Mm. Thought, oh yeah, it's the scariest fucking thing ever. Yeah. Well, that idea that people initially just went, oh, that's not, that's not scary. That's a terrible theme song. That's bizarre to me, because like, nowadays, it's, obviously... Is so iconic that people literally do that as like uh, any person joking around that you'll see like trying to sneak up on someone. It's like da da yeah da da. It's voted consistently one of the most terrifyingly effective pieces of music ever written for a film, and oh, everyone God, thought it. it really and everyone thought it was a joke, except wow, for Steven. Except for Steven Spielberg is like fucking too right. Yeah, man, John Williams. If there's one person's, like, you know, vision I'm gonna, to believe Yeah, in. I'm going to trust. It's John Williams. Yeah. Uh, Do you ever hear that the, the famous story about how John Williams got hired as the composer of Schindler's List? I know. And it was um, Steven Spielberg had a rough cut of the film and took it to John Williams. And it's mm-hmm. a very emotional film. Very like, A lot of heavy stuff gets dealt with in that. And um, John Williams saw it and burst into tears and just said, I'm, I'm sorry, you need a better composer. And Steven Spielberg said, and I quote, I know, but they're all dead. Oh, shit. As in reference like Beethoven and people yeah. of that like, caliber. So yeah, they probably wouldn't need a better composer, but they're all dead. You're the best one we've got now. You're the one who's got to do it. And it's like, oh, John Williams. Yeah. And then he goes and does fucking Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love Jurassic Park. Oh, man, Jurassic Park. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, fuck yeah. Man, I'm only, so, <laughs> I'm only so mad when that new Jurassic Park film comes out and it's shit. Wait, because that means one? Jurassic. Yeah, they're making another one where dinosaurs oh. take over the world again. Dear God, again, 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 again. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And then, but they're going to use that John Williams soundtrack. They're going to fucking use that shit forever because it's so good. Yeah. So when you're watching the new Star Wars movies, like, oh man, these films suck, and then they'll play the Darth Vader theme song a little bit. <laughs> like they'll use the Lemo teeth from like earlier music. That's really good, and you go, oh, it's not that bad. It's like, no, you're tricking me. You're tricking me with John Williams. <laughs> I'm not falling for it. Oh, man. Oh, I don't man, think there's, a... like, many people in the world with a better catalogue of work. Oh, like, he's it's, it's, up there. It's baffling. Like, there's, there's him, there's Hans Zimmer. Yeah. And that's about it. <laughs> like, they're the two. Like, in term, like, there's probably other ones out there, like, more accomplished in the eyes of critics. Yeah. Maybe. But when you look at the stuff that John is like, we can end on that because like some of the stuff he's done that like, you just don't even know that he did. Okay, yeah, stuff yeah. That, Same with Hans Zimmer. So we can end on John Williams. And just Hans like Zimmer. the cultural impact that John Williams has had on fucking movies. Yeah, so let's try and find his... 
Oh god, I don't think they even have a list. It's too it's, long. It, it's so fucking long. Here we go. List of film compositions by John Williams. So he's been going since the 1950s. Oh my god. Yeah, and when he was oh man, this is funny. When he was originally getting going, he was credited as Johnny Williams. <laughs> so let's start in the 1970s, shall we? Okay. So we go. He's got the Poseidon Adventure, Fiddler on the Roof, Tom Sawyer. So a couple of like classic films from that era. Yeah, uh, the yeah. Towering Inferno, um, very famous film. Uh, Star Wars, obviously the one that made him like famous. Yeah. And then it, um, it's that same year, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Holy shit. Followed up the year later. Oh no, sorry, the year previously before he did Star Wars, he did Jaws. And then he did the Superman theme. So the iconic Superman theme. Yeah, yeah. That everyone rips off every now and again. Then Empire Strikes Back in 1980. A year later, Raiders of the Lost Ark. year after that, E.T. Oh my God. year after that, Return of the Jedi. year after that, Indiana Jones. Uh, the Temple of Doom. Um, the Witches of Eastwick. And then Superman 4. Indiana Jones again a year later. Then we get to the 90s. Home Alone. Hook. Home Alone 2. Jurassic Park. Schindler's List. Nixon, The Lost World, Saving Private Ryan, Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, and then in 2000s, AI, Artificial Intelligence, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Minority Report, uh, all the Harry Potters, basically, War of yeah. the Worlds, Memories of a Geisha, uh, Memoirs of a Geisha, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, War Horse, Lincoln, Book Thief, The BFG, Last Jedi, Solo, and Rise of Skywalker, and then Indiana Jones 5 in 2022. So, like, just his legacy is, like, basically untouchable. But then I think Hans Zimmer is slightly more interesting to talk about, just in terms of the range of stuff that he's done. Oh, okay. Because um, uh, John Williams is like, no, for his theatrical blockbuster scores. Yeah. But then when you get to, let's see if we can find a list of Hans Zimmer's now. It's going to be really difficult to do this. Here we go. So Hans Zimmer's discography. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, so he started in the 1980s. Okay. So he got, he got his start a little bit later. But the thing that's interesting to note about Hans Zimmer is he has, he has no formal music training whatsoever. Really? Yeah. He, I don't think he can read sheet music. Man. Yeah, so he, he has he's had no formal musical um, training whatsoever, but uh, he just he's really good at it essentially. So he did uh, a couple of big names on, uh, jumping out immediately. Are stuff like Rain Man, Twister, about you know the the um, uh, the, the famous one of the cow going past the window. Yeah. And then we have uh, Driving Miss Daisy, Pacific Heights, Green Card, Backdraft, Thelma and Louise, um, K Two, A League of Their Own, Point of No Return. Like, he's got just like, cool run-ins. Yeah. He, did a th- he did cool running to The Lion King. He helped work on The Lion King. Fuck yeah. Broken Arrow. Muppets Treasure Island. The Rock by Michael Bay. <laughs> uh, the Prince of Egypt. Do you know that film? Uh, Mission Impossible no. 2. Gladiator. The Road to El Dorado. Black Hawk Down. Pearl Harbor. Hannibal. Spirit. Stallion of the Cimarron. The Ring. The Last Samurai. Pirates of the Caribbean. Curse of the Black Pearl. Tears of the Sun. Uh, Shark Tale. King Arthur, Thunderbirds, the fucking Thunderbirds, Madagascar, Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, <laughs> Batman Begins, The Da Vinci Code, Pirates of the Caribbean World End, The Simpsons Movie, Kung Fu Panda, The Dark Knight, uh, Frost vs. Nixon, Angels and Demons, Sherlock Holmes, it's complicated, Inception, Megamind, Rango, Kung Fu Panda 2, um, Sherlock Holmes, Game of Shadows, Dark Knight Rises, Rush, Man of Steel, Lone Ranger, 12 Years a Slave, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Kung Fu Panda 3, Batman vs. Superman Don, just let's forget that one. Um, Inferno, Boss Baby, Dunkirk, Blade Runner 2049, Dark Phoenix, and the live-action Lion King. 
And then in 2020, he's done SpongeBob the movie, Wonder Woman 1984, No Time to Die, the James Bond film, uh, Top Gun Maverick, and then he'll be working on, in 2021, Space Jam, A New Legacy. I love the fact that, like, what, the last 10 to 20 years, it's been jumping between, like, Kung Fu Panda and Christopher Nolan films. Yeah, so it's one of those things where, like, um, John Williams arguably has the more impressive resume, mm-hmm. but Hans Zimmer's is just so eclectic of the shit that he's worked on. Yeah. And then we, that's only talking about films. It's like when he got to television... He's done a lot of like he worked on Space Rangers, a TV show like The Pacific, Curiosity, like a load of like just random TV shows. Like he did Planet Earth two for the BBC, oh, okay, and Blue Planet. So he did all the orchestral soundtracks for that. And mm. He has these. Um, he did some stuff for boxing. And then for video games, he did the theme song of the soundtracks for the Simpsons game, Call of Duty Modern Warfare two, FIFA nineteen, and Fortnite. What? Yeah. What is that mix? Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like he's not done as much famous stuff, but yeah. he's just been constantly, constantly just there. I mean, and to say that they're not that famous, like a lot of that shit is really famous. Yeah, and then you have stuff that he worked on when he was the producer, but he didn't necessarily write the music. And you have, mm-hmm. that, so you have stuff like Face Off, The Borrowers, Ants, um, um, House of D, I Am Sam, um, Blood Plus. Like, someone's there I don't even recognise. Over the Hedge, The B Movie. Iron Man, Monsters vs. Aliens, Despicable Me, Hansel and Gretel, um, Witch Hunters, Beyond Two Souls, the video game, um, Divergent, uh, Terminator Genesis. Oh, God. And then you have As Other. So it's where he didn't... um, And this is one where he didn't serve as the main composer, but still contributed original music. And he just has like random stuff that he worked on, like a film called Sniper, Johnny English, The Ring 2. Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen. <laughs> just like randomly just did a song for them. Yeah. And like again, like John Williams, like his legacy is untouchable, but I think Hans Zimmer is the most the more interesting one to talk about just because you can say stuff like, Yeah, he worked on Madagascar and Fortnite. You're like, wait what? <laughs> and he also did the soundtrack for Dark Knight. Yeah. I and like one Dunkirk of the, and stuff like this. Yeah, and one of the stories I like about Dark Knight is his theme for the Joker. Uh um, the really iconic just crazy theme that sounds like someone's torturing a violin mm-hmm. uh, the reason it sounds like that is because the people playing the violin in that song were playing the violin with razor blades oh, God. so they were re- they were torturing the instrument oh, man. and cutting the strings with it which is why the soundtrack sounds like someone's great in a way and the way you described it is it's representative of the joker's mental state where it's someone cutting away at something natural to create uh, chaos right, okay Oh, and the cool. se- and the seemingly there's rhythm to the chaos, but it's almost imperceptible mm. what it is, and it'd only be understandable to a madman like the Joker. <laughs> and the fact that he put that much effort into it, and then went and wrote a song for fucking Transformers. <laughs> it's great. I love you, Hans Zimmer. What a don. Oh, that's what amazing. a great guy. But I love that though. Like, yeah, I'm gonna play this fucking violin with a razor blade. Why <laughs> Hans Zimmer said so. <laughs> fucking what a don. Oh God. What a don. Man, he did the he did the Lion King. Like, but Elton John wrote the songs, didn't he? Yeah, but he uh, he composed the um, other stuff. Oh, uh, right, okay. Oh man, I love Elton John. He's great. I love how they reversed that dump truck full of money up to his house when it comes back and sing the songs <laughs> again. It's like, oh man, he must it's fucking great. 
It's because he's just he's so happy. Yeah. Um, did you see like he did a watch along of um, what was it now that film that's about his life, Rocket Man? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he did a watch along with it for fans. Oh, awesome. And he said, "Oh, the film had to be R rated. They initially wanted to be twelve A, and when they approached me about making it twelve A, you know, I went, no, it's got to be R rated.' And they asked me why. I went because I've read, I've led an R rated life." <laughs> He talks about the fact um, the actor who plays him, I forget his name now, Taron Egerton. Oh, okay, yeah. To play him at a certain point in his life, that's a thin Taron Egerton's hair to make it look like he was going bald and he fucking hated it. Oh, no. Because all they had to do is they had to cut his hair in such a way look like he was going bald. Yeah. And thinned his hair out by plucking all his hair out so they ruined his hairline. And oh, he was God. so pissed. Because he had like a three month period where he had no hair. <laughs> He was like, oh, that poor town I get it. It's worth it, though. It's worth it. Yeah, I was going to say it's worth our paycheck at the end of the day. It's, it's, worth, it's worth it well to meet Elton John. Yeah. Because I hang out with Elton John, man. I just fucking love Elton John. <laughs> uh, to end on, because I've got one of my, like, my favourite quotes from him, where he was initially, um, uh, to the tune of a lot of criticism, against the idea of gay people getting married and instead wanted people to have civil partnerships. Okay. He, opposed, he said, oh, religion has always shit on people who are gay. Yeah. I don't agree with like going for a religious institution to confirm my love for another man when they're traditionally so against that. Mm-hmm. And then one day he said, I was sat down, I looked over, I looked over, my husband now, but my partner at the time, I realised like, partner doesn't describe the love I felt for that man. Partner is what you used to describe the person you play tennis with, not the person you love. I wanted to marry him. And that's how he turned around and then, yeah, gay people should be able to get married. And like, what a lovely quote from a that lovely is, yeah. man. It's like, you go out on John, you fuck all those dudes. Oh, hell yeah. You do it. You do what you want. I love you, man. It's great. <laughs> so yeah, let's end on that. Elton John. Been a Don. Which rhymes. So Lucas, anything to promote? Uh, As usual, because I'm not promoting anything of mine, because I'm not, no one's been able to fucking find me on it anyway, either. Uh, I'll, I'll just say, like, this week, I'm not going to promote myself. Just go do, like, some research on, you know, Black Lives Matter and everything that's going on. Yeah, and if that statement annoys you, uh, maybe um, think about fucking off. Or eating shit in whichever order you choose. <laughs> oh, man. So, is there, has there been anything as that's been so, uh, so effortlessly just revealed more about people than that I statement really and, and the reaction to it? Of, it's almost instantaneous you can tell at sight whether or not it's like that person is a prick based on what they do in response to that simple innocuous statement yeah and it's great and yeah it reveals so much about the world but if you don't you're not plugging your stuff I don't think people will mind if you do that so no people, no you know, like, people, th- like this week be... I want people to put their energy that way okay that's fair enough yeah but um, we will continue making content regardless and I hope people do support we will yeah but... Yeah, um, in regards to me, it's like, give me some space. I'm going to keep making stuff. I'm just not going to be as easily reached for a while. Yeah. Just while I, you know, I get myself right in my own head. That's fair but, enough. But I hope people watch my videos and see me like, doing fun stuff. But also, yeah, go do some research, man. And listen to an Elton John song. Do it. <laughs> and some Hans Zimmer soundtracks. Do it. And then what? And then read I am. I'll watch I am Legend as well, and imagine that Will Smith wants to fuck all the vampires. Oh god, no! Be great. I recommend it. Do it. Fuck all the vampires. Oh,